So you guys have probably already seen the Mickey Mouse blood or the not the Mickey Mouse, the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Oh, and yeah. then the, mm. the the Mickey Mouse stuff that they've been doing, the Mickey Mouse horror movie and stuff like that. All because the copyright on the initial versions of these characters have been lost by Disney and fallen into the public domain. Within hours of that happening, in the case of uh, Mickey, we learned about spin-off horror movies that we were getting that are also from the same producer director who did the Winnie the Pooh ones. Well, in about 10 years, DC might have a crisis on their hands. A crisis in which there will be multiple versions of our favorite heroes running around in different genres that we don't normally see them in. Well, I guess we do now because DC is publishing uh, genre-based genre events all the time. Night Terror is obviously a, a, a crime genre book. Um, the crime was that we were charged for it. <laughs> in 10 years, DC might lose the rights to Batman and Superman, the very, very early versions. And we might have a horror Batman movie or a horror Superman movie. Hentai. Really, really, I'm just going to let that sit for a bit. Mm, well, that, that exists. <laughs> Those people aren't worried about copyright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen some yeah. par Parasite stuff before. So, yeah. Um, I welcome it, frankly. Well, I don't. But we're going to talk about what fate awaits DC and how things are going to change for them because they sort of have to if Batman and Superman fall into public domain in 10 years. Uh, well, it, they will. It's more of a question of what will happen. So the gang is all here. We got Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Marco. Bruh! Tyler. I'm not nearly awake for any of those intros. And, you know, and in Kale's case, it makes sense because it's the middle of the day for him. Well, Marco's just, I don't, I don't know. But it doesn't make sense. Because they're called bangers where Kale is. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, but Marco's <laughs> there eating soup for breakfast. So, yeah, he's ready to go. Uh, uh, put in the chat, soup for breakfast, a good hearty way to start your day. I'd argue okay? cereal is soup. All right, guys. Um. <laughs> I, I, I've heard enough about that topic before the show. Uh, I'm Sean, and I'm here to talk about what's going to happen when Batman and Superman's copyrights expire in 2035. This is something that I never thought we would ever really get to, like that this point would come where we'd be having this conversation. Granted, we're 10 years away from the real thing, mm -hmm. but... I have to imagine it's something that DC is thinking about. So um, Superman, Batman, Joker, and Wonder Woman will all enter the public domain in 2024, 5, 6, and 7, respectively. So in 2024, or rather in 2025, 
both Superman and Batman will officially be public domain. Oh. Huh. Hmm. Sorry, the 2020 or 2030? 20, 2030. I'm 30. sorry, 2035. Oh, okay. 235, 36, 37. 234, 5, 6, and 7, yeah. And by 35, both Superman and Batman will be in public domain. What's, right. co- what's copyright rule? It's 100 years? Yeah. First publication? Something like that. 100 years if you don't fight it the way Disney has. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that feels like the most immediate plan is fight it the way Disney has. Is, you know, make the case, delay... Try to maintain and preserve as much as you can. What did they? What did they manage? Like an extra fifteen years or something? No, it's uh, the creator's life plus fifty. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, I knew it was oh. something with the creator's life. Yeah, his steamboat Willie is from nineteen twenty eight, and this is the year that copyright came up. So that's not quite a hundred years. Right. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think Kel's right on this. Yeah, so um, I want to explain first how this works because I think there's a lot of confusion surrounding copyright, and there's a good reason for that. The laws are murky, and I think anyone trying to play this game, you know, the Steamboat Willie game, right, of taking a, ca- a character brand new to public domain and making things with them, especially something that's from uh, Disney or, you know, Warner Discovery, you know, you really have to know what you're doing. So if any listener out there has the intention of making a Superman comic in 2035, listen closely. You can't make, what you can make is a Superman who, who's a, who's got a gut and can leap tall buildings in a single bound and lift really heavy stuff and beat up dudes that beat on their wives. What you can't make is a version of Superman who is married to Lois and can fly and has heat vision and all that good stuff. Oh, you can't make a version of Superman that has an S on their chest that stands for that's the the house marker of L. Uh, you can't do anything like that. You only have the first version with no iterations. And this is the game that keeps copyright extended into perpetuity it's not the idea that no one will ever be able to touch the character again it's that they won't be able to touch that version of the character until that expires so there will come a time right where you can have a version of superman who has a friend named jimmy olsen because jimmy olsen's copyright will also expire and the copyright on their relationship the very first version mm. will expire. So it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And so the game is to keep iterating on the character so that you're always a step ahead of the public domain version. Okay. If for some reason, right, between 1928 and 19, or I'm, yeah, 1928 and 1924, or I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, 2024, uh, Disney never did anything with Mickey but those initial versions, the Steamboat Willie stuff. They never did anything else. That would be in per- uh, would be in public domain. And there's nothing that Disney could do about it. But as they've iterated the the version of Mickey Mouse now, it doesn't look like that. It has the red pants because maybe he didn't have color previously. Okay, okay, gotcha. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> so the, the people are limited to the, the that weird pajama Superman from Action Comics. Yeah, you would only be able to use that that specific one up until as the years progress. Okay, cool. right. Yep. One day we'll get. Oh, one day I'll be able to write my own nightmare night terrors. Does that mean that the guy at the cover of Action Comics just like is also public domain as well? Yes. Sick. That's right. so good. Imagine he pop, pops in like uh, like Willem screams into random like yeah. comics. <laughs> it's funny. I was looking up uh, the Walt Disney's date of death, which was sixty six. He died, so that's much more than fifty years. So they they really milked that one. Uh, mm. Disney did. I don't see DC really having any option there. Like if if Steamboat Willie is in public domain, then everything's going to become in public domain. I don't think there's any way of fighting it anymore. I don't think so either. I think they're fighting it in a roundabout way, like not in a not necessarily a deliberate way. Maybe it is, but by iterating and changing on these characters, you know, they are making it so that they will be the only people able to publish an up to date version of this character but let's talk about because look has it meant anything does it mean anything ultimately to disney that there's a winnie the pooh movie out there where he's a uh you know a, a chucky or a jason or a you know or a freddy type of killer no it hasn't it hasn't yet and mm -hmm. i think that the you know the individual who's making those movies um doesn't have the budget or the resources or the clout, for example, to really make a big deal out of this whole thing. You, you know, he can't do enough. He doesn't have enough money or anything like that. But there are companies that do. Mm. There are companies that do. So I'm going to cut to the chase. What happens... If in 2034, when Batman's copyright comes up, or I, or I think it's 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 Batman or Superman, one of those two, uh, that comes up first. Superman comes up first. So 2034, when Superman's copyright comes up, and then 35 when Batman's comes up, what if Marvel decides to introduce them into their universes? Huh. I mean. <sighs> That would annoy me. <laughs> it's like we already did Hyperion and, and Nighthawk. This is way different than that. Is it, though, if they can only use a rudimentary one? It's just like, all right. Tyler, it's Batman and Superman in an official Marvel comic. That's right, right. very different. I still don't see it. It's just like... Is it, I'm assuming this is Batman with the purple gloves there, right? And, and the point It's the and original Batman. Yeah. yeah. With a gun. Oh, That's okay. well, right. Got me there. Watch out, Mark Miller. He's going to be writing uh, the new Ultimates back then. Batman on the team. Um, I don't. Um, I mean, so I, I also so because Human Torch becomes public domain in '34 as well, uh, the original one. Um, the Android version. So there could be a tit for tat going on too if they decide to do that. It feels like there's probably an unspoken rule there. You know, like, hey. We get it. We know it's happening. It's gonna happen to us at some point. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna step in that. If you're not gonna step in that, like a standoff. But the, <laughs> the difference, though, is Marvel's got Disney money. Mm. 
there's also no comparison. The only character that you could compare it to on the Marvel end is Spider-Man, and that's not coming up for a long, long time. Right. There's a yeah. huge difference between Android Human Torch and yeah. Batman. Yeah. The more? And uh, Amin says they can't call them Superman and Batman. I'm pretty sure they can. Why not? That's their I names. Think, well, I think they it can't... might be trademarked. That's the huh? thing. I think it might be trademarked. The names might be trademarked. Well, the name Steamboat Willie is trademarked. Is it not? Is the name Mickey, the name Winnie, the name, all these names are trademarked. That's the thing. I don't, right? think, you, I don't think you use the name Mickey Mouse. You can use Steamboat Willie, but I don't think you can use the name Mickey Mouse. But is Steamboat Willie not a trademarked name at some point? It is, but it's also not the name of the mouse. So it's not as, it's, it's, uh, Steamboat Willie is confusing. Could they, could they, so say Marvel does this and they make a Superman and Batman comic. But for the sake of the argument, and just uh, like they make a a a, a title that's like s- super best friends, like is that a legitimate dodge of the copyright? So I- I've got an article from Variety that talks a lot about the rules and what you can do and what you can't do and what you can say and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so here's, here's a reading from the article, a set quote, a sad fact of Hollywood is that while superheroes never truly die, all copyrights do on January 1st, D- Disney lost control of steamboat Willie. And within 24 hours, two horror comedies starring Mickey mouse were announced. The DC characters are their next major explorations looming on the horizon. Superman and Lois Lane will enter the public domain in 2034, followed by Batman in 2035 and Joker in 2036 and Wonder Woman in 2037. Uh, And then they speak with Chris Sims, who is a comic book writer, uh, and they claim he's a Batman expert. All right, so am I, I guess. Um, (laughs) No, he does a podcast. He's pretty good. Batman. So do I. Um, Well, there's going to be 100 of them. They're going to have them ready to go. Movie producers will also be able to make their own versions, much as they already do with public domain characters like Dracula and Robin Hood, though in the beginning they will have to stick to their original versions of the characters. Quote, you get Batman, but you don't get Robin. You get Superman, but you don't get Kryptonite. So there's nothing in this article, nothing that I've read that implies they cannot use the names. I'm pretty confident that they can. What what would you even have if you didn't have the name? The name is a part of the copyright. Yeah. Well, it's part of the character. Like when people yeah. use Santa Claus, like you, his name is Santa Claus. Like right. you can't change that, but you can't use the Coca Cola Santa Claus. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Harris says, can't use Mickey, but can use Steamboat Willie. Batman and Superman names can be used as long as it's those versions of the characters. Hmm. Where, where yeah. it gets tricky is with the things that are trademarked now. Like, for example, you could have Superman, he could wear the logo. Uh, he could jump, he could fight, but you can't you can't have a Superman uh comic book that that calls him, for example, the Man of Steel. You cannot mm-hmm. use that title. You cannot call Batman the Cape Crusader. My my feeling with this is like, especially with the whole Steamboat Willie thing, because it's been what a month already, and it's been a month. Um, and what's really come of it outside of a video game and a slasher movie, which just seems to be the standard for whenever things hit public domain? Um, Tyler, it's I, a month. 
I know, but like I, I feel like because it's a little murky and because it's Disney, nobody still wants to test it. But I, I also think what 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 are you gonna do with Steamboat Willie? Right. The potential for Superman and Batman is a lot bigger, as we've already seen with stuff that, you know, is blatant copyright infringement, but you know, skirts it. Like a, a bright burn or whatever. Right. Fair. This is a Fair. more like this is an absolutely direct form of that. And there 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 will be people who use these characters like Steamboat Willie is not as popular as Batman or Superman. Mickey Mouse obviously is, but people don't care as much about Steamboat Willie. I guarantee you that there will be versions of Batman and Superman floating around that are done by people who are a lot more high profile than this dude that's making these Mickey Mouse uh, iterations. Guarantee it. For example, what will prevent, and the article uses a similar example, and it's pretty funny. What will prevent Zack Snyder, for example, from just deciding he's going to make another Batman Superman movie? Hell yeah. Uh, studios after seeing the buzz after Rebel Moon. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> through Netflix, through Netflix, he makes a Batman Superman movie in 2035. Zack Snyder presents. Nothing can stop that. Sure, theoretically, but like I, my gut just tells me, like a big studio like a Netflix or a Disney wouldn't want to do something that could then be scrutinized and lead to legal issues. And that's fine, but he yeah. still could. Could yeah, there's right. a big could yeah. here. Yeah, and and at that point, like he could probably find hints at himself. Yeah, absolutely. If only he had a legion of supporters that could help crowdfund something like that. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's a. Uh... I'd have to wait. Damn, I have to wait a while before I get the version of Swamp Thing I want. Oh my god! Got some stories, baby. Yeah, even like Stan Lee, like only recently passed, so that's not happening anytime soon. Oh yeah, we're keeping him alive for a while. I, I think it, while it would be incredibly interesting for Marvel to have access to Batman and Superman. Um, it's not as compelling to me. It, it, it's not, I think it, I think it sort of breaks the barrier that allows this whole thing to feel right. Like, I don't know how I feel seeing any version of Batman and Superman, like in an ongoing capacity, being a part of Marvel comics. I, I don't know if I can get with that. Mm. It, it feels like an unspoken rule. It's being broken. Right, yeah. Like, the I, most I can see is, like, maybe a Deadpool or Howard the Duck book brings it in for a panel, and then the characters surprise that they're there as well, you know? Um, but it would feel wrong to me to have, like, a Marvel Presents Batman. I mean, honestly, I see WB selling off their characters first, honestly, before that ever happens. Um, before, what? you know, Disney decides to even just poke the bear a bit. What uh, I'm I'm I, like the possibility being there is really interesting because I'm I'm wondering what kind of like who would you pair him against? You know, like who's the first fight? Who's the first superhero crossover? Like Batman, Batman with a gun versus like Daredevil or something. Daredevil, you know? I was gonna say monkey with a gun from Hellboy. Really, you'd have to put them against each other. 
right? Because like, who would they fight? But but that's what I'm saying. You have the entirety of the Marvel universe there. Like, put him against yeah. like he he'd get beat up by Spider Man easy. Or even put put Hyperion up against a uh, version one Superman. Hyperion could actually fly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not just leap. And that's yeah. That's another question: is where do these characters go? That's mm. the interesting component because if let's say Marvel decided that they did want their versions of Batman and Superman, they could actually take those characters in completely different directions that we've never seen before. What happens to Batman if he's still Bruce Wayne? Because he's that's the origin. If you get all of that, but you can't get anything after. Until, you know, maybe you get the Joker a year later, whatever, however that goes. What is the trajectory of Batman at that point? In a way, that's actually sort of fascinating. They would have to do something outside of the box. They'd be more forced to do that than DC would. Mm. I mean, personally, I, I would use that as a chance to have those characters, have, have your, like, Squadron Supreme go over on those characters and, and you know, job them out. Um, so that you can then do your Squadron Supreme movie. Hmm. I wonder if there's like those Golden Age characters you can kind of bring back, um, if they have from like the timely eras, you know, and then and, and try to see if they can mix and match certain things, because aesthetically that makes sense, and you could. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be interested in, in seeing like a history of Marvel intertwined with those two characters like a Cain and Abel kind of situation and you're going through the Marvel history of whatever it might be you know the house of the oh. house of mouse the house of you know what I mean like yeah, the, the house of mystery <clears throat> yeah yeah sorry secrets yeah or whatever yeah yeah and, and they're telling these these stories in the Marvel universe from that perspective so they're not being used in that way but um they're there because of the history and what they signify to the larger comics See, for me, you go, you make it a, a, a period piece. You make mm. it a, 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 pulp. you know, a pulp. Yeah, a noir, you know, Batman comic, or a, you know, I, I'd even do Superman that way. Have him oh, take really? off his, take off his mask, and he's a real alien, like, because <laughs> like you, you have to do something else to make the character grow. Like, what's the, you know, what's the the thing Superman isn't something else, you know, he's not a green skin guy, you know, with 14 legs, he's humanoid. Well, let's make him a green skin guy with 14 legs that can turn back into a human. But, but I, but I bet you can make the argument. Well, hold on. You're you're going down the alien route. That's something that's we a hear. great point. Like Superman well, is an alien. Yeah. That's, part, that's, of the, I mean. that's part of the origin. Right. Oh, is it? Of course. Yeah. 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 Wait, even in the action comics. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. It's part of his origin. I thought that, that came later, the same way like Batman stuff came later, certain things. His origin was always there. Yeah. Mm. That's funny. I think Kry that... Krypton was 14-legged green men. I think the issue, though, becomes because, because trademarks will still exist, and that, that protects branding. Um, so, like, logos and stuff like that. So can they even use the bat logo properly if that no. is part of no because even though he's wearing it in the first appearance he wears a bat emblem can you even use that because it's trademarked 
you can't use it you can't use it in a way that is marketing yeah that so you wouldn't be able to put you wouldn't be able to have a comic book called batman and in the t- the, the titling is batman in all caps and behind it is the bat symbol he could be on the cover wearing the bat symbol as batman but you couldn't call it that or you yeah, couldn't so- use the logo on the cover like they normally would so from just like a branding point of view, it just seems like too much in the muck to... Uh, but again, again, though, that's the Coca-Cola example. You know, Coca-Cola has a version of Santa Claus that they use, but if you want to do something with Santa Claus because he's in the public domain, it just can't be that Coca-Cola's. Yeah. So putting be- that... Yeah, go ahead. So putting that branding, you know, the Santa Claus branding on it is fine, but you can't say, you know, you can't match the Coca-Cola font or whatever. Dan says it's why Tarzan is in public domain, but you can't call a book Tarzan. Mm. And I think the movie only exists at Disney is because they bought the rights to it for that, I think. Um, Yeah, I mean... It's it's definitely it's definitely one of those situations where we don't know exactly how this would play out at all, but it's sort of fun to think about. Um, you know, Batman and Superman are iconic characters, you know, just like Dracula and Thor and, you know, Santa Claus and Kale's example. All these different characters that exist in fiction are iconic, and we've seen how they've fallen into public domain. And in some cases that has led to some pretty cool stuff. Um, We've seen some pretty cool stuff come out of that. And right now with Mickey and Winnie, we've only seen the most base, the most base level, you know, garbage. Haven't gotten to the cool stuff yet. Exactly. There's no, there hasn't been any time. It's been a month, you know, in the case of, of, of Steamboat Willie, but someone might do something that's actually pretty cool and worth the fact that now this is possible for the cra- for all the crappy versions of this stuff that we're inevitably going to get someone might do something worthwhile because there is a chance for art and the positive end of this i guess is the fact that you do have the ability to take something like this out of the hands of a corporate entity make it public and do something really artful with it it could happen Mm. there's just there are just some things that dc will never do because of corporate because of whatever the reason is and it doesn't have to be i'm not talking about edgy shit i'm talking about just whatever anything any idea you know that dc will never allow that now becomes possible yeah batman's taking his mask off it's chad paul no That guy needs to have a gun, though, I think. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, to protect Batman. himself against Spider-Man, you damn <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Whoa, Sage, good to see you in the chat. Welcome. Sorry about the foot. That's that's awful, but what? good to see you. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, he said he broke his foot. <laughs> oh, yeah, this okay. one's broken. You're not going to be interested. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Amin says, what would the pals do if they wanted to have both of them in the pals verse? They're already there. I don't understand. Uh, what would I do? What I would do is I would give a listener 
the origin of Batman and Superman, and they would be Batman and Superman, and then we would materially alter them through the Palsverse. So they become the Palsverse version of Batman and Superman. So, so my question is, like, say you wanted to – so you have Superman, and you want to be like, all right, what if I want the Superman to be black now? That's how I'm going to iterate on it and, and change it a bit. Can you? Because they already have – I don't think so. The other yeah. one? Yeah, I don't it's... think so. Oh, well, that that's Superman. not Clark Kent, though. Sure, it's a different character, sure. right? Yeah, different character. I'm sure you so... can, because it's not okay. the same person. You, you just probably do that now. Change Clark Kent, right? Huh. So, th- is this why we have John Kent now, so that John Kent can exist in perpetuity for longer? Until whoever created John Kent, I think it was uh, hmm. um, Amasi, possibly, or the other guy who wrote. Um, Death of Superman. Whoa, wait, wait. Are these, is this to prevent knowing that they're looking ahead 10 years and so they're trying to introduce a new kind of Trinity into comics so that they can protect the IP and ensure that the Trinity continues on but with these different characters? You, you're talking about 5G. <laughs> like I know we're but, talking about DC. It's always 5G talk we get to. <laughs> but but it, could, it could be something to that. You know what I mean? Like, like th- this new era. Let's get them. Let's get them in on the ground floor ten years in advance, so that way, a generation of comics readers understand that these guys are that character, that mantle, and become the uh, ten years later. They're the they're the forefront. It's it's Trinity, it's John Kent, and it's Damien, whose creators are all still alive. Exactly. Yeah. My, my tinfoil hat is yeah. now off. Thank you. And much. that's why Marvel doesn't need to do it because they have at least another 50, 45 years till most of their characters are even in the public domain at that point. And the world's going to be gone by then anyway. So <laughs> so there there was a, a rumor around the time that the authority was, I guess, announced to be involved with Superman Legacy and beyond that it was being done in order to introduce these characters who are some members of the ba- of uh of um what's it called uh of the authority apollo and midnighter are mm-hmm. similar to batman and superman the idea was that they were being introduced in order to establish new major powerful superheroes because superman and batman were going into public domain um james gunn has refuted those rumors uh, even though it was all over the place last year. I don't think that DC really has to make any moves with any urgency regarding this issue because of the fact that naturally, creatively, over time, people will come up with ideas that keep these characters in DC's control. No matter what happens... You're never going to catch up to the current version of Superman. Sure, sure. From a legal standpoint, you never will do that. They will always be able to publish Clark Kent Superman stories, current ones. And that's also why they update the origin so often and reset and reboot and et cetera. Imagine how minute of a difference those those these actually I like the the one that was pre crisis that didn't have the this and like actually had the long hair and it's like whoa easy okay we get it yeah uh, you can't use the Bendis era origin that has Rogozal based into it yeah right brother um, that's how some of these people sound like 
you're making a joke, but that's how some of these people sound. <laughs> it's true. Rami says, good point, but what will the fans and readers think about that, especially that only the original designs and concepts will enter the public domain? That's a good question. And I think that that's, some, that's territory that we've never really been in to this degree. Again, I, I made references earlier to several characters who have fallen into the public domain, and that's all been well and good. I think, though, that public consciousness and the way we think about you know these characters is just different than it was before. Mm -hmm. um, do I believe that people will reject different versions of Batman and Superman? Yeah, if they're bad. But I don't think that the public knows or cares that much about who is allowed to publish these things in the first place. Mm -hmm. For example, I, I've said this before. I still have people in my life who aren't clear on the fact that like Batman is not a Marvel character or what studios allowed to publish uh, Spider-Man movies. You know, I've had multiple people at, think, tell me that Venom is a Marvel movie. And I have to explain that it's not. The public is not all the way aware of all this. So if there is a Batman movie that's really good, but if it doesn't feature, it only features that specific version of Batman, I don't think people will really know or care any different. But it's not their job. Yeah. If they like it, you know, if, it, if it's good. Yeah. The people that have to worry about it are lawyers and companies. Like. Yeah. Let them talk. Yeah. Hmm. Um, actually, I have a question for when we end this segment. Okay. Uh, Promiscuous Time Traveler says, I have more excitement for the independent comic scene to have fan fictions become better than the actual stories in reality. Oh, yeah, dude. I see that. There, there's, okay. I, You know what? There's some comics that have been published that never got an ending uh frankly because the creators never came back i would love to, for people to come back yo finish this fucking book that's what john byrne was doing with x-men on like tumblr i think he was <laughs> there you go. doing more x-men the uh uh the thor guy well simonson yeah he's doing that with uh yeah. his thor ragnarok at, uh yeah ragnarok at what is it idw or whatever it's real yeah. good it's good it too. is good yeah. I mean, thor's good yeah Uh, Amin says, a, lo a lonely Batman who can kill in, let's say, New York or any other major city. I have a feeling people might like that, considering they, quote, like Homelander. Um, well, still kills bad people. Are you about to defend Homelander right now? No, no, no. Homelander is oh, okay. a piece of shit. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that version of Batman kills bad people. I think a lot of people in the public feel like Batman's no-kill rule is stupid. And... Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who would love to see that. If you wait a couple of years and you get the Joker, um, you can make an or you can craft an origin, a new sort of origin involving Batman and the Joker, and you can do something really compelling there. You can make a three movie trilogy involving Batman and the Joker, where in the last movie, Batman kills the Joker. People would love to see that. And it can be artful, it can be great, it can be compelling, but it can be materially different. We've seen it. What's the difference between Thor from Marvel and the Thor in God of War, Ragnarok? You know, um, they're very, very, very different. They're they're completely different. There's mm. nothing similar about them except that they're both gods 
and they both have hammers with lightning. That's it. Uh, Dan makes a really good point um, in the chat about the way that these companies will defend those trademarks. Like you will ultimately be able to beat them, but the the tactic there to dissuade people from even big companies from making things is to uh, sue to continually be in court uh, in order to not prevent, <clears throat> but to slow down to make these things that much more expensive. Like, yeah, you have a $300 million budget to create something, but you also probably have like $30 million in fees and all this kind of stuff and associated to that to be like, it, and, and Tyler says exactly what it is. Is it worth the squeeze at that point? But, what, but where's that energy been for Steamboat Willie with Disney, the most powerful company in the world, borderline? I mean, maybe it's upcoming. Maybe the for like when a big company does it, but not for you know your little YouTuber that's going to be making a a flash animation or something. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where I I list. That's why we have just shitty D horror movies for Steamboat Willie. You know, um, yeah, I, like it's not worth think, even fighting that. I also think if uh, DC and Warner Brothers are going to do that, they better get their asses out of that fancy LA building. Bro, it's a line item. It, that that's been that's been over for the past like five years. Uh, Thor existed before Marvel. Yeah, Dan, of course, but that's not the point. The point is that there are multiple iterations of Thor that exist. That's what I was driving at. Um, mm. it's also happening with Pal World and Pokemon right now, even though that's not PD public domain for a long time. Well, that's even worse. That makes the Pal World thing even worse because. If it really is copy, uh, copyright infringement, if it is trademark infringement, then they're going to get sued to death. But that hasn't happened. Well, well the, people have already put assets in Power World to make it exactly Pokemon. So. And they got screwed out. Yeah, that that uh, dude got shut down. Nintendo yeah. got that guy. Yeah. I think so, it's only a matter of what, 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 what did he tweet? He's like, Nintendo, uh, they've come for me. And then yeah. deleted his account. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it. I think that Pal World is a great example. To my point, Nintendo is one of the most powerful entertainment companies in the world. Nintendo's the most, or Pokemon's the most successful IP on earth. And Pal World is a game that very, very, very clearly, to my eye at least, is using assets from Pokemon games, limited assets from Pokemon games, and direct, heavy, heavy, heavy inspiration. And yet, outside of what happened to the fool who put Ash Ketchum in the in the video game, <laughs> nothing has befallen the creators of Power World. Will it? Who knows? But they have to. They have. They they have been able to put the game out. They've been able to profit to the tune of multiple millions of dollars. Eight million people have purchased this game. That's a crazy that. number. But but I, but I feel like that that becomes different because Pokemon's not in the public domain. There, like. Like that, that I feel is, is, is a separate issue where like, if you were to, if it was, and then you made an asset for the fat Pikachu, like I, I, you can't touch that necessarily, but if you're going to make a mod for sure, but, but if, you're you're not, gonna, if you're being derivative yeah. of the original, I'm thinking a la like a Digimon or something like the, yeah. the, it's hard to be able to make the argument that that's markedly different or not markedly the same. They're not using Pokemon branding as would be like somebody made a Batman book, that book would be called, that could be called a Batman book. Like they're called pals. There's nothing in it that is directly 
challenging anything that Pokemon has. It's very Are similar. Are you sure? Um, so there Are was a guy sure? that took assets and lined them up together from, I think it was Scarlet Violet, and lined it up with Power World. And he's like, he's like, oh, these are almost one-to-one. It is impossible for that to happen. Then he came back and admitted, well, I edited the models a bit. <laughs> um, so that guy's not really trustworthy. Um, they are very similar. Like the there's that one, it's like a fat meowth almost in the game, and the face almost looks exactly like uh, uh, the, the newer meowth from Scarlet Violet, where it's like, okay, it's really similar. But so are the knockoff Pokemon uh, action figures in my bodega, you know. Um, how do you fight that is the question. It's a tricky thing to fight because it's a tricky thing to prove. I think if Pal World can exist and not get destroyed, then I'm I'm pretty confident that a bet that Batman and Superman will be just fine in the public domain. Yeah, 100%. I don't think that I don't think that. I don't think that there will be a fight that they can put up that can prevent people from doing that. And I don't think that they can do it. They can put up a fight that will deter people from making these things. I think that the lawyers are real smart. I think creatives are real smart. They know how to get around that stuff and they will. Yeah, they will. My only issue is like, it's just the the branding of it all. Like the trademark and branding, I think is where people might have issues. No one, no one who's no one who's putting millions of dollars into a Batman project is going to get tripped up on branding. That they're going to do it just fine. These and people are. Gonna, go ahead. That that millions of dollars is going to have a budget for lawyers for that. Yeah, for that reason. Absolutely, no question in my mind at all. The other factor here is that ten years from now, technology will also be very different. AI, the problem that we think we have now is nothing compared to what we're going to be dealing with in 10 years. You could theoretically be able to type in to whatever the new app is, make me a Batman movie. And the app will probably know, will probably be trained to know that it can't use the copywritten assets. And so it makes you a Batman movie or a Batman comic book or whatever it is. That is perfectly within legal bounds and also perfectly consumable. Pumped out ad nauseum. Which is funny that you talk about Pal World because that's almost – that's another thing with the Pal World where the creator used generative AI that took Pokemon models to create new characters. Oh. Which then – if you don't actually use those new characters but then use those new characters as a basis for a new character, it's technically a new thing. Yeah. You know, legally. So it's like a weird AI coming in and kind of throwing a real wrench into the to the to the gears here. Interesting. Huh. Pal Rami says what so. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say Pal World's a pretty fun game. I think uh, people should check it out. It's pretty interesting. I'm not gonna play a game that came from AI on any level. Hmm. hmm. Uh, also it, not it, interested it, in killing my friends. Yeah, so. That too. Yeah, yeah it's a weird, did, it I think it's a very bizarre AI, game. So. Most of but. my friends anyway. Uh, would people be able to create new origins of the characters in public domain? I think that's the most interesting part is mm. being able to take these characters and transform them. I don't really I don't really care that much for like um, Batman as a whole to be in public domain because 
you're just they're gonna people are just gonna do the exact same thing that DC has done, maybe better, maybe worse, mostly Probably. worse. Yeah, yeah. mostly worse. <laughs> and I don't want these characters to be tarnished like that. I'm not into it. I think the the Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh, the the bull, the movies, the horror movies. I think that's garbage. And it sucks that that exists. And I don't feel bad for Disney necessarily, but I understand why it would be concerning that these characters that are appealing to children that are for kids have versions of them that are killing and cutting people up. I don't love that. But from a creative standpoint, am I intrigued by the idea that someone who has a vision and a plan and a compelling thought could take the very first version of Batman and transform that and take that somewhere? Yeah. Why not? Batman transformed. Do you run the risk, though, that, uh, like, say you, you change something about him and it becomes a little too close to a small, minute detail that is still within DC? Like, say you want to make it a Lovecraftian Batman story. And then DC could be like, well, no, the Christian Ward book just came out. And there's some Lovecraftian elements in there. Even though it's only 1% of your story um, or 1% of our story, but it's mostly yours, can you use that? Yeah, you can shut that down. Uh, you, can make a, yeah. you can make a good argument for that, probably. Yeah, so that, that's why you have to be very careful with how you use it. And because Batman's been reiterated so much by DC already, like, what can you really do that's safe? Mm. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem worth it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I really don't think I think there are endless. I mean, there are endless ideas, endless possibilities. I really don't feel like if you're if you're limited in scope to that degree, I think you can make art out of that that won't be touchable. And again, I just really don't think like there's a there's a murderous Steamboat Willie movie and <laughs> Disney does not care. They can't stop it. Can I, can I make a Comics Palace Steamboat Willie merch that I could put up on the the shop? Yes, but if you get a sued, you're taking the rap for it. And that's not how that works, so I will leave the company. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we are all on that. <laughs> Actually, Kelly, I think you'd be safe, but you didn't need to sign the thing yet. So. Then yes, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get the cease and desist first. And Harris makes a good point. Lovecraft is full public domain. Oh, that's a good point. I'm not saying like Lovecraft entirely. I'm just saying Lovecraftian elements that are then in, in that they're just old God elements, which then that gets fuzzy too, you know? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Hendrick Perry. Uh, what if Batman actually had good psych, ho psych, psych hospitals in universe and rehabilitation worked more than like three times? Man, solving, solving, solving uh, systemic problems out here, boy. Periscus Time Traveler um, I, I, I brings up a good point about you know fan fiction. Like this is where I see that going. If anything, is we'll get more fan mm -hmm. films and stuff. I just don't see big companies risking it because I, I feel like when it's a fan stuff that's small enough, it becomes out of the radar of the big companies like WB and, and Disney, where it's like, all right, we'll just let that exist. That's fine. That's why the slasher Winnie the Pooh exists. But if like one of the other big companies decided to do it. I, I, it just seems like a, a standoff that neither company wants to deal with. But there, there's a there's a huge, massive difference between that slasher movie and a fan. 
profiting off these fan fictions. That's completely different. That's the thing. You can right now put out a movie with Steamboat Willie in it and make money. That is a huge thing. Well, you could do that with fan films too. Mm, Not legally. What are you talking yeah. about? Can't you do it like on YouTube? Couldn't you get monetized for it? I think you have to be. You can't be mon. You can't monetize is the thing. Like that's why they allow people. That's why they even like allow artists to draw these things because technically you're not allowed to get paid for those things. Well, yeah, I'm saying they could monetize going forward. That's why I would see a, a bigger influx of it. Oh, move, yeah. moving forward, that would be the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you can start to monetize on the Steamboat Willie thing, where previously you could make it for sure. sure. Maybe you get yeah, yeah. a problem, but you can't make money off it because that's the actual thing that's going to get you screwed over. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. This is a this is a a, a murky a murky Spider Man Lotus made money but not directly. You cannot directly profit off of making that. And by the way, that's a small enough production that maybe Marvel isn't even aware. Disney's not aware that it exists. But if they were, I'm pretty sure those people would be getting the pantsuit off them because you can't make money off that. Especially after what that the guy who created that. Uh, yeah, let's not get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. They couldn't sell the movie, but everything else was free game. Yeah. They, well, they also can't sell merchandise that says Spider-Man Lotus on it with the Spider-Man logo on it. You know, they're very, very limited in what they are allowed to do with that. Whereas, like I keep having to say, you can make a Steamboat Willie movie right now and make all the money in the world you want. And no one can stop you. Um... We got Injustice Superman, though. Most people saw Superman killing Shazam right on the spot due to the game. Sure. That's still DC owned and operated. Right. Yep. And it's an offshoot. It's a, you know, it's a different thing. Yeah. And you say it's most theirs. people. Yeah. 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 They made the decision to, pu to publish that stuff, to make that. So they can do whatever they want. YouTube only really profitable if you have consistent content, though. YouTube pay is a little out of my territory, but making low-budget fan films doesn't sound viable for a YouTube career. It's not. Even it's making not. consistent content isn't viable for a YouTube career. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't get it done by any means. Freddie Wong, Mr. Beast could make YouTube videos and that are fan fiction and you know based on what you guys are saying and make money off of them mr beast would get sued to death if he did something like that right now if he Ooh. if he decided to make a a nightwing movie starring him as nightwing and release it on youtube he would get sued to death he, he, 2035 he can make himself batman if he wants to and he'll be president batman, by then at this at this rate so yeah batman can go and have a mr beast burger <laughs> <laughs> Those are separate now. That's a... oh, are they? Yeah, there was a whole thing with Mr. Beast Burger. Yeah, Mr. Oops. Beast is separated from Mr. Beast Burger. Yikes! Copyright. Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'll see in ten years what happens. If we're still here doing this in ten years, then uh, we'll do an episode on it. We'll do an episode that day. You know, <laughs> what uh what episode live update be? yeah right the game will have to be make make your own batman story get it funded the quickest yeah that's right we'll just we'll, we won't even need funding we'll just use ai for it there you go oh. at that point marco will probably be ai himself so i'm gonna i'm gonna be 
in a fucking computer and the the screen the everything behind me would just be a facsimile when is Jean Grey entering public domain? Listen, dude, I, I, uh, I don't want to see that, actually. Ooh, what do you want to see? What What is a character that you would like to see enter the public domain so that you could uh, have people iterate on? And and I want to start with the spirit. I want to write a spirit story so fucking bad. So write it. I I kind of started, but I wanna I wanna be able to like publish. I actually looked shit. that up, Marco. I think you got a couple. I think, uh, Eisner died in twenty eleven. So yeah, yeah. So I've quite yeah, a bit wow. of time. Yeah, to to what Kale just said, I don't think this way because if I really really yeah. wanted to do that, I would just do it. The question in this case is really profit. Anyone could right now make a Batman story. You just wouldn't be able. Well, you wouldn't be able to profit off of it. Certainly, you wouldn't be able to. You could put it on YouTube if you wanted, or fanfiction.net yeah but <laughs> fanfic.net it, it all yeah, just real, seems yeah. i know I'm, I'm aware like personally for me it just seems real derivative entirely it's just like all right just make something new yeah the only benefits and, and, to using it is for profit i think and that's the thing about that film like brightburn you know it vaguely interests me that they are doing superman but horror you know, and they call it something different. But it's a concept we've seen a million times. And that's still what this whole conversation is to me. It's just like, well, this stuff happens already. It's just a different name, you know? So I don't know. To me, it's not, it's all derivative and I don't think that way. So I don't really care who goes public domain and who doesn't. Yeah, like ultimately, I'm pretty happy with like DC's not ruining Batman and Superman. The only reason why I would want someone else to have the the right to publish those characters is if I thought that they were just too far gone. Um, but I don't. I'm happy with it. And even if I thought Batman sucked right now, ten years from now, I'm sure that DC will write the ship. I just don't really think like that. But I am intrigued by the prompt in this case the specific idea of Batman and Superman hitting public domain and what kind of art could come out of that if profit were possible. You know, um, I don't know. Joe, amazing artist, right, that we love so much, is never, going, is never <laughs> going to make a Batman movie because as great a, a, of a talent as he might be, he can't because he can't make money. But if he could... What would he do? That's mm. what I'm interested in. In this specific case. <laughs> this reminds me of like those AI generated images. It's like, what if Wes Anderson did the X-Men? Yeah. All right. We've got a lot more show to do. Public domain is coming for DC, but they've got 10 years to figure that out. I think for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true soon enough i'll be in the public domain mm, i'll be dead no i'll be in yeah, the cloud that, i i i don't think that's that far off <laughs> give me 10 years i think I'm you'll be time. digitized before the show is over gladly dude which is hilarious that swamp thinks his favorite character <laughs> <laughs> um 
We've got a lot more show to do. We've got an announcement. We've got a couple of announcements to make that we're really excited about. Uh, before we make those announcements, I want to tell you guys about patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we are so happy and excited to have you join us. If you want to support what we do here, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy our various shows, this is the most direct way to show your your support and your love for what we do here. Uh, there's a very exclusive show over there on that side of things. Uh, you get a newsletter every single week from one of us. And amongst other things, you get to join the Palsverse. So I want to give a special shout out to the best pals in the universe. Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound, Starcross Catherine Stars, and Relentless Ryan Murphy. And I want to also thank the Night Stalker, Harris Dijinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marley Manastorm, Slow Flow Dameron, Amin Almighty Perez, Pete the Dreamweaver Collins, and Christian Uncaged Harriet. Thank you all so much. You guys rock. Uh, on the subject of Patreon, we have our Hangout. Our Patreon Hangout is actually tomorrow if you're watching this live. Or listening same day. So on January 28th at 1 p.m., we're going to be hanging out with our patrons and uh, just shooting the breeze, play a game, talk comics. Maybe we can talk about what's on each other's stacks, that kind of fun Ooh, thing. That's going to be good. Good deep dive. Yeah. We come here and chat with each other every week. We don't get to mm -hmm. voice chat with you all. And it's a lot of fun. Never had a bad time doing it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that should be a good time. I also want to shout out and thank the channel members. Thank you guys for being a part of our YouTube channel membership, which you can join on youtube.com slash the comics pals. You click the join button anywhere you see it. Wow. Mike Elliott in the chat. That is a first. I have Yo, never, we made never it. seen that. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for joining live. It's cool, man. Um, channel members. We have an announcement for you and prospective channel members. So what we want to do is once a month, we are announcing that we will be putting out a mailbag segment for you guys. So it'll be channel member exclusive in the sense that it will live behind the channel membership. The video that we put out, we want questions from all of you, whether you're a channel member or not, you leave questions for us. We're going to answer that answer them in a mailbag segment that we'll do once a month and put up uh, for our channel members to hear whatever you want to hear us talk about. If there's a, if there's a news item, we didn't get to, if there is something that's been, that you've been thinking about that you want to hear us comment on question for the pals, whatever it is, we will respond to it in that video. Does that have to be comics related, Sean? Whatever you want. Okay. Anything about Marco's love life. Like, Oh, oh boy. guys, I have updates. <laughs> oh no. Palling around coming up soon. <laughs> So, yeah, channel members, hit us with your questions. Anyone, hit us with your questions and look out for that video. We'll be doing our first one soon when we have a good amount of questions to actually respond to. We will definitely do that. Yes, a mail, an official mail call. Yes, go. What's our, what's our, uh, what's our column, letters column name? Oh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe we'll, it we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put it up to the listeners. Yeah, we'll put it up to the listeners. 
Kyle's postage. What? Never mind. I'm just working oh, oh, stuff oh, out loud. Yeah, yeah. We have a goal this year to get to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Not even this year. Really, first quarter. First quarter. So if you are a fan of our show, if you love what we do here, and you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, hit that subscription button. It's free to do. costs you absolutely nothing. Helps us out a ton. If you are a podcast listener of ours, you've got a YouTube account, just go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button. Pen pals. That's Ooh, so that's, good. that's Atomic Helm How did we knocking miss it that? out of the park. Yo. Hitting a home run in his first at bat. That was good. Yeah. Wow. It's right there. Pen pal. What's a what's a pen? Is that the thing you you type with? <laughs> your, your finger? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's good. Word on cage. Man said Q1, baby. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. We can do it with the power of friendship. Ooh, got some love from Italy from Antonio Peronti. What's going on? Hey, love you right back all the way from New York. See how this love thing works? You can love globally. It's beautiful. We had a guy from Australia on um on, on Pals Pals Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's like 90 Day Fiance in a way. That that's cinematic universe. Oh my <laughs> god. Uh speaking of Pals Pulls, the listener pick poll is up right now. Make sure that you get your vote in, of course, at the Comics Pals, uh, youtube.com slash the Comics Pals under the community tab. This week we have Avengers Twilight, which is killing the vote, uh, killing the poll right now and has been since the start of it, sitting pretty at 48%. That percentage has gone up. Wow. And I voted yeah. for other shit. So did I. Damn. So did I. Alan Scott, Green Lantern, with four, uh, 16% of the vote. Duke number two with twenty six percent and Wolverine forty two with only nine percent of the vote. Not you guys rough. didn't like Sabretooth War Part One? Oh, that's right. That's what Wolverine is. I knew it was something. Dang it! You have to read that by myself. I'll, Come I'll, on, I'll, guys. I'll be reading it. I'll read it. Let's not we'll put it on the show guys. then. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, make sure you get your votes in. Don't don't uh, don't leave us. But whenever we're done with the show, or if you want to open another tab, make sure you get your votes in. If you can hear me, you should vote. You should vote in the poll. Yeah, for all my people who like the Energon Universe too, we need Duke to win. Where are my Dukies at? Duke one was good. <laughs> Duke one was good. Um. Man, it's cool to see Mike Elliott in the chat. That's that's so that's just you know one of those names, a long time listener you never see right there in the flesh. And Mike Elliott says he's pulling all the books on the on the the poll, so whatever he picks will win, I guess. I'm pulling them all too. Are we all into all these books? Uh, eventually, I don't yeah, know if I'd read I them that so. week, but yeah. there are books I'm interested in. Yeah, it's a good that's a good poll. Good week, yeah. Um, book club. Our next book club is three days away, January 30th. We will be doing the Dark Knight Returns book club live right here on youtube.com slash the comics pals. Bring your thoughts, bring your questions, come well read, or come to listen to a good chat and learn. Either way, I think you're going to learn. I've got a lot planned for this conversation. Mm-mm. Good art stuff. Yeah. This is this is one of the one of the greats. 
that we somehow haven't tackled yet, but we will this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Damn, I read Holy Terror instead. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, I have I that. I oh. bet you do. <laughs> I don't know about that admission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and associated with the Dark Knight Returns book club, we are going to be doing a giveaway on that very episode of a copy of The Dark Knight Returns. We will be giving away a copy of The Dark Knight Returns to a listener who is with us live during the book club. Ask a question or it leaves a comment that is related to the book and can reach out to me on our Discord server. So you have to reach out to me on Discord to tell me you won. And once you do that, we'll take your info and we'll send you a copy of The Dark Knight Returns. That simple. So it's not it's not people just reaching out to you on Discord. No. Don't flood Sean's DMs in the Discord. No, you have to have been at the live. You have to have won the poll, won the uh won the, you know, raffle. won the the raffle giveaway. Yeah. And then be able to reach out to me to say, hey, I won. Right. right. That's it. Really, all the third thing means is you have to be a part of our Discord. Question wins. That's how we that's how we get your information to where to send it to. So like you kind of right. need to reach out to Discord if you win. Yeah. So Yeah, so stick around for that. So you make sure you know if you won or not. The announcement. Our big announcement, because that is an announcement. That wasn't the big announcement. The big announcement is that on February 10th, we will be joined by first-time guest to this show, none other than Philip Kennedy Johnson. Massive. Absolutely massive. Super? Boom. Super Whoa. massive. I would say it's it's a hulking achievement to have him on the show. Uh, uh, PKJ pun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the AI broke there. Yeah, that's right. It couldn't iterate. It couldn't generate. We're going to be talking Superman. We're going to be talking Hulk. God. You know, a lot of stuff. We got a lot to say to Philip Kennedy Johnson. I am going to make sure that I have read War World before oh. he joins us. I know it's going to be a hefty, that's a heavy duty task, but I'm going to do that. I'm excited I want to make that. sure that, you know, we can have that conversation. I'm excited for you to read it. It's It's excellent. Oh, you've read it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I want. I want to talk about Last God. That book was good as hell. Ah, oh, man, I couldn't get into it. I, I I might need to do a, like a proper reread of it. Yeah. So you know, as you guys think of your questions, listeners, make sure you send them our way. You know the routine. We always try when we have a guest on the show to make sure that we get your questions into them. Um, and this won't be any different. So send your questions, and we will certainly be asking them of Philip Kennedy Johnson. Discord members, patrons, channel members have priority on getting their questions and asked and answered. So, you know, do do those appropriate things by that time. Uh, we've got a lot more show to do. Let's make sure we are hitting that like button. Let's get those likes up. We're at 21. I think we can do... I, I, I feel like between now and the end of the show, we can hit 30. Let's go. 
I want us to. I want us to do the, the new thing we have planned. We have yeah. a new thing planned. We have a new game. Not at well, we've got we've got a new structure. System. Yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, a new mechanic. system. Yeah. That should be a lot of fun for you guys. So if you're looking forward to that, let's let's hit the like button and uh and keep things going. Super chats are open, super stickers are open, channel memberships are open. Let's get into the news. Uh, and unfortunately, we have to start with something that's not so great because Everyone Comics, which is a store that we love, um, Everyone Comics, X Collectibles, and of course, we know about Anyone Comics. Everyone Comics was broken into. Oh. Yep. So this is the Long Island City store. Queens is the Anyone Comics um, location. And they were broken into. Uh, Demetrios posted about it on Tuesday night. Um, or well, it was broken into on Tuesday night. Um, at three in the morning, Demetrios, who's the owner of the store and someone who we've known for years, mm-hmm. uh, made a post and said, and, and there's a GoFundMe, by the way, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll share the details, but, uh, this is what Demetrios said, quote, The damage was costly and our business was disrupted at the worst time. I started Everyone Comics X Collectibles with my longtime coworker and friend, Alex Ray, in 2022. We felt we could create an environment that would help nurture and grow uh, our favorite hobby for others and help people meet with similar interests, all while selling our favorite books. While the real estate of LIC has proven to be a challenge for us with the constant development and displacement of our customers, we felt the proximity of the subway to the store, along with accessibility for persons with disabilities, made our location great a great place for growth. It has been slow, but it has, in fact, been growing. But a variety of personalities being party to their expanding tastes and interests to hosting events that nurture people's creativity has been a gratifying experience. Our financial situation is volatile and this is a big setback for us we are trying to raise thirty five hundred dollars six hundred to replace the window which this is me talking now there's a picture in the bleeding cool article with the window of the the door smashed into uh it's awful you never want to see this going back to demetrios um twelve hundred dollars to replace the computer three hundred dollars to recoup money stolen from the register and fourteen hundred for the lost revenue any money raised will be invested into the store. I welcome people who can come in and patronize it, but I recognize that many people who can no longer reach us would like an avenue to support. So as of right now, the store has raised $6,200 of the stated goal. Now, I'm very grateful for that, but I want to say something about Demetrios and about the goal of these two stores, which are owned by him. Demetrios is a really stand-up guy. Really good guy. Anyone Comics is a great store. I've been to a few comic shops in my life. Not as many as some, more than others. And this is hands down the best comic book shop I've ever been to. Great environment, welcoming, warm. An owner and a staff that are trying to connect you with books that make sense for who you are, regardless of who published it, like in terms of what company, regardless of political alignments, regardless of any of that. And unfortunately, that is something that is not as common as we would like it to be. 
So when we have a store like this, our responsibility is to support where we can. And this is a case where we have a, a store that is struggling, that is in a dire state, and is suffering because of criminality, because of someone else's greed, which is BS. That's bullshit. You want to rob a store? Go hit the Fendi store, the Gucci store. Not that I'm advocating or supporting robbery. I don't. But a comic book shop, come on. These people aren't working with... with, with... Demetrios isn't getting rich off selling comic books. It's yeah. not like you're going to go into that store and find a mint copy of Batman number one or Detective Comics number one or some crap like that. Making it work. Yeah. So if you have the means and you feel like you want to support a store that's doing great stuff, and you can support the GoFundMe, that would be great. Yeah. Marco put a link up into the chat. Thank you for doing that, Marco. And yeah. hey, if you live in the area by by some you know means, if you're hearing us and you're like, wow, I live in New York, and you can make a trip, that'd be awesome too. I'd like to make a trip. We should make a trip. Uh, I was going to say, I, I didn't realize that this was something that happened. I've been meaning to, make, to, to go out there. Uh, I, I just finished donating. Um, and I'm probably going to go after this, uh, to go visit because, uh, it, it's worth at least, I think, check in as well. Um, cause these situations can also be, uh, one, you know, can, can defeat morale, but I think to be able to support, and Sean mentioned earlier that, uh, Demetrios is a really stand up guy, really, really smart about it. And so I think worth at the very least, uh, coming over to say like, Hey, like you're, th- this is good. You have people behind you. It's also worth pointing out, too, that Demetrios is really focused on building the comic book community. Mm. It's not just that he's really good at recommending books and individualizing that. He's also focused on giving creators a place to create. He's also focused on get, you know putting on um, uh, D&D nights and... Uh, you know, drag shows and giving even giving comic young up and coming comic creators a place to create. Um, and that was a big thing uh, at anyone comics. He had a, a little section down in the basement with little rooms where, you know, with drawing tables and uh, this Demetrios is uh, a massive growing pillar in the the comics community. Um, yeah. so that's, you know, any, any, anything that goes to funding these two stores is growing the community in a good way. Yeah. I just shared in the chat, uh, we interviewed Demetrios at anyone comics years ago, three years ago now. Wow. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, just, if you want a picture, if you want to see what the store looks like, if you want to meet Demetrios through the interview that we did. Um, great guy, great store, great people. Support if you can. Yeah, I uh, one of the the standout memories there to the point on like him being there to facilitate comics. Um, uh, we we had gone out to do that interview, and um, I looked up at the bookshelf. I'm like, oh my god, the Eternat. He turned around. He goes, you know what that is? I was like, of course. He's like, take it, take it because no one else does. Right. And I'm I'm like I'm like wait no wait, it, uh, I I can't do it. He's like half off. Take it. I'm like, yo, are you sure? Please, please, because it's gonna facilitate you reading, and that's his mission. 
still have it, dude. Great book. Great guy. Let's talk about an impending great movie, Madam Web. We're doing a review on this, right? Please. I, I have this City World Pass, and it's burning a hole in my pocket. Oh, Kale, like, please. Right. Can we? Oh, shit. Thank you for saying that. I got to cancel my AMC movie pass. <laughs> <laughs> Not till after February 14th, baby. You saw that comicology <laughs> uh, premium, Sean? Yo, oh, my God. You're right. They're getting me. They're fucking oh. getting me. No. Sean. They're getting me. Damn. Sean's letting, Sean's letting the corporations win. I signed up for that shit during fucking Scott Tober. <laughs> that was two years ago or whatever. Oh, Scott Tober oh, never ended. The marketing campaign it. did it. We've seen the entire collapse of Comixology, and Sean's been paying for it the whole time. I don't use it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate Comixology. Fuck Giving you, Amazon Comixology. free money. You stole my money. Yo, someone clip that, please. Oh. My misery aside. <laughs> no. Do you want one of us to handle this segment while you go and fix that, Sean? <laughs> I, he, he did the Sean face and everything. Dude, <laughs> yeah, oh I'm my sure, God. Sure. I just. Manny, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that out eventually. I have a fucking Barnes and Noble subscription. I tried to cancel it this summer, and the website wouldn't let me cancel. I couldn't figure it out how to cancel. I. Oh my God. I'm wasting so much money. Yeah, download Rocket Money on your phone right now. Find the other subscriptions. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. I already have it. What oh. the hell is a Barnes and Noble subscription? The membership, um, uh, an yeah. annual membership for discounts and 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 bullshit. Yeah, man, I, I got that shit. Yeah. I literally got my subscription 14 years ago. <laughs> I stopped oh. using it in like half that time. So once you finish all of Agatha Christie's uh, works, you're like, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> that was great. Wow. That was amazing. So Madam Web. <laughs> oh, Madam right. Web, man. Yeah, this fucking movie. Look, <laughs> if you guys want to see it and review it, we can. I don't want to. This movie is track. The story here is that it's tracking for the low for a, a terribly low box office opening uh valentine's day weekend uh right now it looks like it would come in at around 25 million dollars which would make it the second movie like second um opening that weekend behind mm. the bob marley movie that's coming out that same weekend so it's projected to not even be the number one movie at the box office in its own weekend behind a bob marley biopic it's gonna get smoked that Bob Marley so biopic looks pretty good, though. I hate biopics. That dude looks nothing like Bob Marley. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. Looks like Wish Bob Marley. The thing Wish I mean, this, Bob this movie has America's Sweetheart in it, though, Sydney Sweeney. I think they need to refocus marketing a bit to really focus on Sydney Sweeney's character. Um, even though I'm a huge Dakota Johnson fan, she just seems yeah. uninterested in all the press for this. Yeah, yeah. How could no. she be? I mean, she always seems uninterested, but like, she's, it's, it's, it's like a – I don't know of another word to describe it, and I'm using this in, in, in the, the positive sense, but it's like a uninterested cuntiness to it all that she's she's giving in this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I enjoy it. It's very good. I don't think I've ever seen one movie that Dakota Johnson's ever been in, but I do like her. She's pretty she's, – the time when she went on um, Ellen. Bro, Ellen. She took yeah. down Ellen. That was so Loved good, it. dude. 
Oh, and and at that time, Ellen was on my hit list. Not literally, oh. just someone that I have not liked. I used to yep. love Ellen, but I realized she was phony. And then I yep. started to not like her. King so of when Dakota TV. Johnson came for her ass, I was all about it. <laughs> yep. Between her and Kevin T. Porter, in uh, he did a, a, a an article talking about how shitty Ellen was, and it basically crumbled the whole empire. M- much like the Madam Web movie, uh, it became second fiddle to the Ellen this Ellen moment right now with Dakota Johnson. That's that's how it's gonna go hot into fucking this that that opening weekend. Sean, you should see the movie to support your friend who helped defer- defeat your enemy. Honestly. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to see the movie because my friends don't support me and want me to suffer. <laughs> this movie is going to capital S suck. Yeah. <laughs> Get some Sucks with a Z at the end. My favorite part of to... the trailer, too, is that it's it's set in t- 2003. So there's and it's made by Sony. So there's a guy clearly playing a PSP on the subway. He's probably not playing. He's probably watching porn. That's yeah. what, the porn station portable. That's what we called it. And I didn't on the know subway. That. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until I caught my brother. Now I was, we, I was watching One Night in Paris in the back of the classroom. Oh my god! Chill. <laughs> that, that there is. are layers of wrong, but we'll move on. <laughs> Catholic um, school baby might be, might be uh, palling around. <laughs> Which we got to do one. Um, yeah, we do. So this year, there are like two superhero movies coming out. You got this, you got Deadpool 3, and if there's something else, I can't think of it right now. (laughs) This might be the year that kills comic book movies. This is the year. The The dryness of the year, plus the fact that at least one of the two movies is going to be really bad. This could be it, guys. Will Madam right. Web be the movie that brings down the industry? One can only hope. Killsman, fingers crossed. Dry thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie makes me sad. I don't want to watch it. I don't understand why it exists. Expect our review. <laughs> Craven, Sean. Craven's this year, too. Oh, is really? it really? Uh, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, we had the trailer, yeah. No, well, it was Craven was last year, got delayed into Infinity, and I don't know that it has a release date right now, does it? It's it's on the uh the pre-roll at uh at my cinema. It's it says, slated for August, August 30th. Yeah. Fuck huh. it out. So this is definitely the year that superhero films are going to die. It's the year of the Some Sea movie, baby. Because technically, I think we're supposed to get the new, the next Spider Verse as well. So, ooh, no, that's not gonna happen. That's not happening. I don't think uh, it is uh, either. Amin Perez says, "How will this movie affect Kevin Feige's legacy?" Uh, you know what, man? People are gonna blame him for this. Yeah, they're gonna blame yeah. him for it. They blame him for Morbius. Kevin Feige. <laughs> Joker Man. 2, you guys are totally right I completely forgot about Joker 2 we, all all right. the, One of the prop bets for the year should have been Does Morbius show up at some point in a movie this year? <laughs> oh uh, I could see it in Craven I could see that I could see it in Madam Web Yeah 
Oh, no, that, no, that one said in 2003, and apparently they're changing the whole with great power comes great responsibility quote too. And but I I saw that I saw that headline and had a second to like think about it. I was like, well, they're not one, they're not Uncle Ben. Two, they're not Spider Man. So why would they get it right? Like it doesn't. Apparently, Adam Scott's Uncle Ben. That's what they say, but we don't know that. I know it's a whole bunch of question marks for this movie. I'm excited. Wow. This movie's going to rule. <laughs> rarely have I heard a question that I didn't want answered, like that I didn't care to know the answer. And that's one of them. I really don't care about <laughs> that. Uh, Atomic Hound says the Joker musical equals final nail. Well, oh, I'm so excited for that. Gaga saving comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> I. I would rather go see Madam Web than Joker 2. I'm going to put that out there. Oh, come on. What? I, I don't give a shit about <laughs> another Joker movie. A sequel, a sequel to a Joker movie, which I didn't want to see in the first place. And this one's a musical? No, I'm not. That's perfect. At all. Dude, I just saw Mean Girls. I love musicals, man. I had a dream last night that there was a, that I did a Les Mis in high school musical. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to talk about the whole dream, all right? Russell Crowe was not in it. <laughs> Another massive kale take with a capital L. Hey, I'm with you. That was <laughs> shocking. <It's> so good. <laughs> not that is not shocking. That is perfectly on re- on track. I like that. That's sticking. Yeah, the, I'll take the, that back. Kale with the with the L. I like that. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's so good. I, I assume Amin is the one that thought of that, and that is I, brilliant. Clever. I think so. Clever. Oh boy. All right. Let's shift gears from the bloodbath that will be Madam Web at the box office to the bloodbath that will be Blood Hunt. Marvel is putting out Blood Hunt, which is their upcoming vampire supernatural event uh in the perfect month of February to launch that sort of thing. Not you wouldn't do that in October or anything like that. Um, and this event is going to be so bloody, so gory, so mature that Marvel is putting out two versions of Blood Hunt. They're putting out the regular for everyone version and the red band version that will be polybagged to prevent prying eyes from seeing the horrors that are inside the pages of the comic book. Oh. I like that. This is a, it's gimmick, but it's one I can get behind. Like uh, the, the idea of, if anything, what was the, the Wolverine story that also had a a warning? Um, If they're willing to go to these depths, I think it's an interesting marketing approach not for longevity and i feel like if it's successful they might learn the wrong lesson but i i'm I'm intrigued in the experiment is it essentially like in mortal Kombat, you could turn off the blood maybe like they were like they can't really change anything it's got to be the same comic it's not so the content will change and the story so yeah so it, it, it the story doesn't change but uh it has so the regular edition is what it is, but then there's the mature edition, with ha- which has, quote, additional pages, 
and more graphic art too explicit for the regular edition. Ooh. Hooked me. It can't be sub- uh, substantial plot pages, though. It's probably no. just more vampires getting killed. Is it more expensive? Now, Marvel wouldn't announce that, would they? Right. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's more expensive. Um, I And Blood Hunt starts in May. Sorry, not February. Um, I am sure it's more expensive. And I'm sure it's going to be frivolous. And I don't like this. I'm going to buy this. Don't get me wrong. But... And I'm, and I'm the problem. Like, I'm definitely the problem with comics. Don't get me wrong about that at all. I'm not excusing myself. But to me, this kind of thing is just too gimmicky. And we've seen the way that gimmicks affect the industry. Like, I don't know that we need this. It's going to increase the sales of Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt will probably be the number one selling book that month. But it will be because of people like me, jerk-offs, who buy multiple copies because I want the regular edition and the fucking... You know, red band version. Who needs a red band comic? What is that? Somebody Yo, I don't know. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> Frank, I'm going to store for this. I kind of wish they would have went the uh, the Kiss route with this. You know, with a Blood Hunt themed book, where Kiss, when the Marvel Kiss comic came out, um, the band went to the printing facility and they cut themselves and added their blood to the ink. So every Sick. book that was printed had a bit of their blood in it. Like, what? why couldn't Jed McKay do that instead? Like, come on. I want some Gene Simmons blood. Shit. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. Metal blood that? and that's shit? Cool, right? Oh, you nasty. <laughs> the, the, the brown bag to got copy. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. It's got Tiger uh, on it. You might be able to convince Sean. And I, I'm going to say this, too. I want you guys to understand the depths of me. I am not excited for Blood Hunt on any level. I have told you I'm buying two copies. What's what's uh what's Bean buying? Three because <laughs> the Tigra cover. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there is the one t- too because I think the Tigra poly bag cover. I, oh, <laughs> yo, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I've definitely bought some poly bag covers before, and look, you do kind of feel weird when you know, yeah. you know, when you buy like um, Mirka and Dolfo's you know, unnatural mm. order or, or one of her books or something like that. Red Sonia with a poly bag. You know that when you rip that poly bag off, it's going to be some shit behind that. Yeah. And the person behind the counter knows too. And they know why you bought it. You're buying it like, you're a this, deviant. This dude horny as hell buying this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up to the register. Ooh, you'll, you'll like this cover. <laughs> like, oh, no. It's like when I worked at Barnes and Noble and I would find uh, uh, Playboy issues in the bathroom all, all used. No! Unpolybagged. Nasty. All right. Let's talk about the Rocks and Thor. Everybody knows Rocks on Energy, which is one of the various fake companies that exist in Marvel Comics. And right now, and for the last decade plus, it's been run by Dario Agar, who now appears to have purchased Marvel Comics in continuity. And if you've been reading The Immortal Thor, then you know that he's got a plan to publish Thor comics and do something 
nefarious with the rights that he now has. Uh, and so it appears that Marvel might be publishing a different version of Thor. So here we go. Yesterday, quote, yesterday, the industry was shook when they learned that Roxxon Energy Corporation had bought out Marvel Comics. Their first order of business will be releasing an all-new Thor one-shot this April titled Roxxon Presents Thor Number 1. And they even got current Immortal Thor scribe Al Ewing and superstar Marvel artist Greg Land to create it. The one-shot will introduce the all-new Rocks and Thor. Whenever saving the Earth is taken too far, the Rocks and Thor will be there to defend big business, big business and the sanctity of shareholder value. Fucking love this. Something about this announcement has really tripped people up, and I don't understand why. I really, really, really don't. Probably not reading the comics. Is it maybe that? Is it the artist? That's a part of it. Uh, so people see people been saying even in our Discord and on Twitter, I don't know what this is. I don't understand this. Well, if you've been reading Immortal Thor, you should because mm. it's all there. Dario Agar intends to monetize Thor. That's it. He bought Marvel Comics so that he could make money off of Thor because he hates him. And they're going to publish comics that have nothing to do with art or creativity. They're going to publish them for money, right? So this is a comic book that is essentially meta, right? Because that's what people say. Oh, Marvel and DC don't publish comics for art. They publish them for profit. Well, now they're about to do just that from Dario Agar. And the kicker, the thing that takes it over the top, the thing that people seem to really not get is Greg Land being a part of this. I looked at Greg Land's announcement and I go, oh, shit. Marvel's really going meta with this because Greg Land is the number one accused artist of copying and tracing, of having mm. no creative integrity. Mm. So they got the artist with quote unquote, is not me saying this, no creative integrity to do the least creatively integral comic book that Marvel's ever done. Amazing. I love this. So this good. is brilliant. Yeah. This, this is good fucking comics in marvel this is how you build an idea uh it gets teased out in, in a certain book you you drum up that excitement um this is learning the good lessons of uh long-form storytelling sequential storytelling and and also you know them poking some fun at themselves al ewing you know sort of commenting a little bit on on comics or the perception of the industry. Hopefully, if Greg Land is aware of of you know my supposition that he's being used as a part of a larger meta joke, hopefully he's cool with that. Um I like Greg Land, so I don't think this is a bad thing at all. And I think in context, there's no better artist they could have got. Mm. Yeah, I like how the Greg Land fits into the storytelling of the book as a choice. And I, I honestly, I'm not a big Greg Land hater myself. I think his issue is He's colored weird, but I think with a different colorist, things could look more dynamic. P.S. Greg Land is also not the only artist I've ever seen self-reference or trace or, or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, it's fine. It's, just... it's, it's efficiency. It's fine. I'm excited for this. Yeah, pumped. Does it 
does it help you sort of understand what happened in Thor this week? No. I already knew this when we talked about Thor. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And I I like I again, I still I still don't understand who knows what like in the context of Immortal Thor. Who knows what, who's doing what, why? We don't know if or at least I wasn't clear on the idea of are they actively changing the past? Is that what Thor and Enchant or is that what Enchantress and Agar are doing? Are we watching that play out? There's no directness, so I was left a little bit, you know, um, wanting. I guess. I, but, um, I, I yeah, feel like ahead. this this enhances the, those moments a bit for me. That like in context, I'm like, okay, this is the big thing that he's been leading up to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what all that those illusions and and, and things were. I mean. We'll see how it plays out a bit more granularly in the story, but I mean, I wonder if it's even like I've published the rights to Immortal Thor, so that way I can get my Thor over, and make him the the Thor. He is he is trying to get his Thor over, and I think you actually just said something really interesting. Like, what if because we see the Thor that they created? If you look right. at your for watching on YouTube on the right hand side. We can see a new, basically a new cast of supporting characters for Thor that all look like them. They look like they're supposed to look, sort of, but they're off. Thor's a Chad, sure. For example, so well, what if? So what if, to your point, Marco, the idea is to create these characters in story and then bring them to life, mm. and Thor, our Thor, will have to physically confront the rocks on Thor and exactly. Him. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. Yes, like mo- mojo like too. You know, like the X Men mojo stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I like how this Thor, the Rocks and Thor, also is. He has the big T on him. You know, super stereotypical superheroes, super heroics. Uh, the, that Loki is that not old? The older Loki looks like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it looks pretty close. Yeah. Does that mean that potentially that was a plant? Um, I mean, it's Thor and Loki. Like, yeah, it's not gonna look that different. Sure. Interesting. Cool. Al Ewing cooking. Steady top cooking. guy. Chefing. Top chef. There it is. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Aaron is chefing up something in the IDW space for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We talked about that last week. He was announced as the writer for the next ongoing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series um, whenever that relaunch happens in July. Um, We didn't know the artist would be. This week, we learned that it won't be one artist, but like there are four OG Turtles, there are four artists for the first arc of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So the way it's going to break out, announced by IGN, is that there will be four artists, namely Raphael Albuquerque, Joel Jones, Cliff hmm. Chang, and Chris Burnham. Whoa. Each Excuse one, me. yeah, each one of them will do one issue of the first arc apiece that each focus on one of the main four OG Turtles. So a Leo issue drawn by X. A Donnie issue drawn by yeah. Y, etc. I have who is drawing which too. Okay. Uh, Raphael is by jo- Joel Jones, which comes out in July. 
uh, Michelangelo by Raphael Albuquerque is August. Cliff Chang does Leonardo in September. And the one I'm most excited for, Donatello by Chris Burnham in October. Interesting. Damn, I like that. That Cliff Chang, Leonardo, that, that makes sense. That feels good. I feel like we're really surprised by those choices. Yeah. Um, well, the the choice the artist and turtle pairing. Yeah, right. that's what I that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then after the first arc, Albuquerque will take over for the second arc exclusively. My question, my first question for you guys, is: Are you more or less excited by the idea that this will, for at least for the first arc, have multiple artists? Hey, I don't, I don't love it. Uh, as Marco scolds his cat, um, I don't love it uh, because I feel like if you're going to be establishing a new brand and a new era, changing up the art style so drastically for the first four issues is a little hard to gain a footing. If they had announced like, oh, Albuquerque's doing the first arc. Uh, Joel Jones doing the second arc, I'd be more okay with that, I think. Um, but then you can't really plan that far ahead and announce it. Um, so, like, we don't even know if one of these other three artists is going to be doing the arc after Albuquerque either. So, especially if they're not doing it, and it's just one-shots with Chris Burnham's art style. Like, am I excited for that single issue? Yes. But for an ongoing, it confuses me. I don't. I don't mind it. I, I. I don't mind when you change artists and when you have, especially in between issues, like in a single issue, and you know you're you're flipping between different uh, styles and stuff. That might throw me off a bit more. But I don't mind when I when I see a change from one issue to the other. It, it feels like, uh, it is a single like one shot moment, and I'm okay with that being a beat. But, <clears throat> um, the fact that we're then getting one artist afterwards. You just gotta go back to, to net. You're 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 not, um, varying this, and I don't need, I don't feel like I need, Joel Jones to start to pick up afterwards, and then Cliff Chan to pick up after that. That that feels like it becomes a lot more busy. I I like this as a as a moment, and then give me the continuity with two creators because I I enjoy that more so than anything else. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I'm not, I, I really, when I saw this, I was a little deflated, to be honest. Because, you know, I think, like, I, I, I look at the first few issues of a, of a comic as setting the foundation. And you can't set the foundation with varying artists. Um, and also, you know, maybe if you said, like, these artists have some kind of history they drew TMNT before something something along those lines. All right, there's a thematic reason. I get it. Right now, it's just four turtles, four artists. Yeah. Um. I and I also like these. These are great artists. They 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 made some interesting choices, but they're not that. Like I don't think of TMNT and think I need to see these people. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. It... Like like smaller time artists, like a more mid level, you mean, would be more fitting. Not necessarily. It's just that I don't know that I see any of these as being like, yeah, this is this is like the right fit. Like um, and again, like they're not even here for more than one issue, so I guess they're not the right fit. In which case, why mm. were they chosen? Was it just because they're big names and were available? I'd rather there be a creative reason why. 
it's also like Sean and I were just saying, like we were surprised by the choices of artist and turtle. You know, to me with those choices, like Raphael and, and Albuquerque, coincidentally, Raphael, Raphael, um, like those make the most sense. So it, feels like they don't even you know they're not even working necessarily to make it fit you know what i mean well uh, albuquerque's on michelangelo actually joel jones is on Raphael. i think that's the point kill was making oh i see i see sorry like bergam on donatello makes sense to me that one fits in my eyes but the way like joel jones is drawing Raphael in this it's the most intense looking art of the four so I think you're adjusting. Um, I feel like they're trying to, the the aesthetic is trying to fit the character's temperament. And that seems to be matching to some degree. Uh, Joel Jones's, you know, inks and thin lines. I feel like that makes sense. Uh, Albuquerque has a lot of detail. um, And this is like etching for some reason, the, the shadows or something makes sense. Leonardo as being this kind of like more cartoony style. For me, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then Donatello with Burnham, uh, again, that scratchiness, the more grit down to the ground, it feels good to me. The the thing that's jumping out to me with the, the preview art is that it's black and white except for the, the face coverings. Um, I'd be curious if that's something they're going to be doing in the book itself mm. to kind of harken back to the original series, the Eastman Laird stuff. Dan Trudeau says the announce this announcement will pull in more readers. If the writing is good, you'll wind up with a bigger audience carried into the cities, into the series. I don't know that I agree with that. I don't I don't know that I feel like announcing that there will be more artists involved necessarily makes this like bigger isn't always necessarily better. Mm. I don't know that seeing these names, I mean, these are great artists, but are they the names that make people go? I have to buy that. Like I got to get in there and get that. I don't feel like this, this is an announcement that makes people flock to the stands. I think TMNT as a name stands on its own pretty well. Jason Aaron's a big writer. If you say Jason Aaron and Robert Ra- Raphael Albuquerque are on this book, I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think that adding Joel Jones adds double the sales or anything of that nature. Yeah. Uh, Matt Murphy in the chat. I, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he's saying, but the one thing I do, I mean, he's pretty heated in here. <laughs> um, the one thing I do agree on is that having these be more like uh, a Raphael one shot, a Michelangelo one shot, and then start with number one with your actual team of Aaron and Albuquerque in my mind makes more sense as to just one, two, three, four. And then our real story doesn't, or real book doesn't start till issue five. Well, we don't quite know that that's not how it's going to go. We don't we don't know that these won't be somehow this first arc won't actually make like we don't know that it won't make sense as an arc unto itself. Narratively, yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't know that that won't work. Um I I mean if it doesn't then that's then that's just straight up bizarre. Yeah. My my issue is more just it, not a narrative issue, just more of a visual issue. Sure. The first four issues of a story being visually different from each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this announcement kind of took away my excitement just a little bit from this new relaunch. 
is there one of these four that you would want to see on the book proper? Probably Albuquerque, but it would just be because I like him most. Mm, Burnham for me, I think. I think he, he fits yeah. really well in that style. I think Burnham for me too. I think Burnham also has that kind of indie feel to him. Yeah, it's a little more scratchy green. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. July. I'm still going to buy the book. Still looking forward to the book. Same. So distillery, we talked We talked about distillery last week. Uh, not necessarily so glowingly, but this week we are going to talk about a couple of new books that distillery is soliciting for April. Um, and one of them is by a couple of favorites. Well, both of them are by favorites. Let me not disparage anybody um james tinian and christian ward are teaming up for spectagraph which is going to be you guessed it a horror series from two guys who do the horrors what who would have thought i know right um quote for years the mansion has sat strangely nestled into the coastline just a short drive north of los angeles rumors have haunted the place for years its owner, a titan of American industry, with a strange fascination in the occult and the paranormal. For decades, the richest men and women in the country have whispered to each other, trying to understand what he was building alone in that mansion for all those years. And now, finally, with his death and his estate finally open for sale, they are eager to find out for themselves. Okay. Um... More um, horror, more good. Sure. I guess. I mean, <clears throat> if anything, the the images are selling it a bit more. Um, the art's selling it a bit more, I would say. Uh, uh, brain, skin sack, and ghost guts is cool. Um, but I'm sitting here thinking, am I going to get this? Like, am I going to be able to get this? I'm, I might be inclined. I might be interested. Um, and... Tinian does good horror. Ward's really good art. But what is the feasibility of being able to purchase this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like, I really love Tinian and uh, Ward. I think they're both tremendous. But I just don't get up for a distillery announcement and it's not, there's no good reason for me to feel that way. I guess like the books are fine. I haven't read any of them, um, but there's something about it that it's like, I'm just not excited. We, we were talking about it in discord a bit. Um, I think Sylv brought it up, but I was like, do, do we even know their, their plan for publishing collected editions? No, not I'm even not that I, about I don't. Which is like, in my opinion, how I want to read these books. Mm. I think the the production value of the physical books, even though I had to go out and get a physical single issue one when Devil's Cut came out, um, I have I think I have Somna as well. But having to like like it's well made, so having it collected is interesting to me. But I don't know how the hell it's going to happen. How much was uh, Somna? Ten dollar comics. Yeah, it's still got ten dollars. Yeah. Yep. Damn, it's selling for twenty. Any any cover right now is selling for twenty, tax included, and then obviously shipping. Where? 
uh, on the site at the moment. Oh, actually, there's one here, eight ninety nine, but it's a it's the cover D. Not my favorite. Yeah, distillery's publishing strategy is bewildering, and it takes away from my ability to feel like motivated and excited about these books. But I think I'm actually more excited about the second book here than the first. Same. Because the second one is from Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso called The Blood Brothers Mother. And they did 100 Bullets together, which I've never read. But, you know, by all accounts, a classic series. So this is what this one's about. Quote, in the Old West, three children set off across the wild Texas frontier to rescue their mother, kidnapped by ruthless outlaws who gunned down their preacher father. Throughout their journey, they'll face the harsh elements of an unforgiving landscape, deadly animals hungry for blood, merciless bounty hunters, and so much more, all in a relentless quest to rescue their family. They'll learn the terrible cost of revenge, not just in lives, but how it stains a soul. While revenge may be satisfying in the moment, it leaves a yearning behind that lasts a lifetime. Once you taste it, nothing else is ever so sweet. As, I like that's a western. Yeah, Azarello and Riso is a is a buy for me no matter what. I'm I I I like that team enough where I will f- try and find a way to read this. Emphasis on the try to find a way. This to... is why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they did um, was it Dark Knight, a true Batman story, with Paul Dini or about Paul Dini, a couple oh. couple years back. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that one of my favorite that. books in recent memory. That thing was amazing. Um. So they got those guys are a draw for me for sure. So they they got they got me at least with this one. Oh, hundred bullets guy. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read anything from their collaboration together, but I always love to see um, creative teams that work together consistently. Mm. So Flash. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. This one I'm probably I'm pretty sure I'll read, but then again, how? <laughs> well, I, I mean. Kale, I've bought every distillery book. You're talking do to you? the guy. Ow. Of course I do. Uh, physically. What's so hard about that? <laughs> I guess well, that's it. it where? It, it, it's wild. comics. They're not, they're not hard to find. They're there. Huh? Wild to me that the physical uh, printings are easier to find than the digital. That's by design. It's completely by design. That's their business strategy. That's literally. Uh, that's literally the first I've heard of that. Like, I I thought their business strategy was NFTs in this digital marketplace. Like, so they're 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 having their cake and eating it too. They're publishing physical comics, but then they're also making, you know, theoretically exponentially more money than cover price through this digital uh, strategy. And um, yeah, there's more scarcity in the digital space than the physical one for this thing. They might as well put a golden ticket into an occasional issue of these books. Wild. This is this is the first I've even heard of physical uh copies. <laughs> Other than like the couple that that you guys have gotten for Somna or whatever. Well, quite frankly, they haven't put out many more uh many more issues than just the, the couple that I Somna and uh Devil's Cut, obviously, and then there's yeah. one more. I think yeah, there is one more. I, 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 is it a Tinian book? Tinian book? I don't know. Well, good job, Distillery. We <laughs> cover this, and we can't even name them. 
Yeah, man. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I am excited for the book, though. I am excited for, well, I'm excited for both of them. And hopefully I read them. I want to read distilleries books. Yeah, yeah. I, I And I want to like those things. They're from creators that are, that I know are good. So I'm there to be able to read more from these creators. Yeah. It's the jock book, Gone. That's the other There one. you go. Yeah. There gone you go. already? Just kidding. On, Only on, on their website, yeah. it probably is. <laughs> Digitally gone. Digitally gone. What are we, one more, one like away? Something like that? I saw two last I refreshed. So close! Uh, I, 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 let's see, what are we at? Oh, 29. One no, more. I got 30. I got 30. Oh. Yeah? All right. That means it's game time. And so we have devised a new way to determine because we've got several games now to determine what game we will play every week so you guys got us over the hump we got to the likes goal we are introducing to you for the very first time the comics pals wheel of games on this wheel we have pretty much all of our favorite games the games that we play that we love, the games that you hopefully love. We've got Two Truths, One Lie, What If, Be the Editor, Buy or Sell, The Draft, and Give Me the Green Light. Those are all there. <laughs> Give Me the Green Light, for those of you who, ha who haven't been around since that game was introduced, is a really fun game. Um, but one of these games will get played today, and the winner will be determined by the wheel spin. So, Tyler, why don't you give that wheel a tug hey. and uh, see where it lands? I'm, I'm going to tug it live on stream. Let's go. We should add a, the littlest sliver that says Marco shows. Sorry? Hmm? Uh, did I cut out? Oh, that's fine. Oh, yep. All right. Shows. It's buy or sell time. Ooh. Oh, it landed on buy or sell. Buy or sell. Wow. Yeah. We, we haven't, haven't played I've, that in a long time. Yeah, we haven't done a buy or sell in whew. about as long as uh, we have, uh, as apples and origins. Oh, another one! Damn. All right. Well, I've got a buy or sell prepared for you guys that I think is pretty interesting. So, buy or sell. The way it works, by the way, just for those of you who don't know, I'll present. And a couple of options. You buy on something that means that's what you want and it exists. You sell on something else that means you don't want it. It doesn't exist. You don't get that. All right. So I looked at two of my all time favorite superhero runs. This is hard for me. I don't know the answer. Buy or sell. Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run or. Brian Michael Bendis' Avengers. Can only have one. Marco mm. having trouble remembering what happens in either. <laughs> Marco trying Marco, Marco having trouble remembering if he's read it. Uh for me, I'm going to buy Bendis' run and sell Hickman's. Oof. I just Bendis's Avengers run is soul food for me. Um, I don't know if it's aged too great, 
but it's just in my mind it's it's what comics was when I got into it so it's like the a cornerstone for me I also th- I also think the stuff around Bendis's Avengers run was a lot more accessible and ignited a lot more fervor than the stuff that surrounded Hickman's. I agree. Yeah. So this is really hard because I, I, I adore both of these so much and I break it down because you're right. When we say Bendis is run, there's so much that surrounds that mm. that wasn't necessarily done by him. For example, that doesn't include Civil War. Civil War was done by Mark Miller, not Bendis. Whereas the events that surround the Hickman era that are that are tethered to it, that impacted most, were done by Hickman. So Hickman had two successful events, Infinity and Secret Wars, and two successful ongoing Avengers books, Avengers and New. Bendis had New Avengers, which was obviously a smash success, Mighty Avengers, which was less good, and Secret Invasion and Siege as the events that Bendis wrote for his tenure, which were, Siege was awesome, but ends bad, and Secret Invasion is, you know, it's cool. We have Dark Avengers as well and the whole Dark, Dark Reign. Dark era. Avengers. Dark yeah. Avengers, yeah. Um but we can't ahead. even count Civil War. Right. Like yeah, it doesn't count. That entire event. Does what does that what does that mean for the Bendis books in that? Oh well, what whatever happens in Bendis' books counts, but what doesn't doesn't. So mm. I won't give I can't give him credit for Civil War because he didn't do it. But he did a lot of compelling shit in Avengers. New Avengers that is based on Civil War that I really liked. Uh, he did he do Disassembled as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and House be, of M. Yeah, which yeah. would be pre. I mean, House of M technically an Avengers sort of book. I'm counting from when his Avengers run started, which is New okay, Avengers. post Civil War. Okay, not post Civil War, pre Civil War, pre Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on that criteria, even though my heart tells me that I liked Bendis's run more, I think factually, like, book to book, I have to choose Hickman. I think, I think I'm with you, yeah. But without Bendis's Avengers, you wouldn't have had Dark Reign, which gave him the book Secret Warriors that he co-wrote with Hickman, which then kick-started Hickman's run at Marvel doing some... Uh, well, he did Fantastic Four, but in that Avengers section... Huh? I think you're you're going too deep into the my tinfoil hat is on very tight. I I would argue Hickman probably didn't need Bendis. It was only a matter yeah, of he time. He was doing ultimate stuff at that point. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the first instance though of a time when we when I when I noticed and and understood that there was a Ghost Rider situation mm. in in comics where Bendis was his name was on the book but he wasn't writing it. It was mm. only ever Hickman. It was just a way to get the book to sell. But yeah, yeah I, I I buy on Hickman. I think it's got to be Hickman. I like the roster better. 
on Hickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone's on there. Like it's barely mm-hmm. a roster. It's Avengers World. You know, you've read more of it too, Marco. Yeah, I've I've read. I think uh, that's the only bit of the of it that I've read. Marco's favorite Avenger is Ex Nihilo. Uh. <laughs> well, and I think I think that while Bendis's stuff is more accessible, and it you know it really made stuff more TV like in reading comics. You know, uh, you could read it episode to episode, and it was like following a TV show. Hickman's stuff was just more interesting. Like, there was deeper stuff happening for the most part. Counterpoint, Ben has put Wolverine and Spider-Man on the Avengers. Huge, huge thing that happened. True. Made Avengers probably what the Avengers are. Oh, I do like that. But... They were also in Hickman's Avengers. So. Oh, they might not have been if Bendis is never. And also, yeah. and also, uh, Hickman's Avengers had the superior Spider-Man. So, quite literally, that's true. Yeah, you're not gonna, you can't catch me on that one. For me, Hickman's Avengers just appeals more to my brain. It's very mm-hmm. thoughtful. It's extremely deep. Um, it's dealing with heady issues that I like to think about, and it gives it gives a uh, it gives you superheroes to enjoy and pretty colors and characters while you think about deep shit. That's what I like in comics. So as much as I adore Bendis's run, and it, it's a top tier run without question, I think the totality, nothing that Bendis did, event wise, touches Secret Wars at not even close. Mm. Unfortunately, okay. I think Secret Wars is the best Marvel event outside of Civil War. It's definitely the best Fantastic Four event. So, Marco, what's your pick? Do you have a... Um, Hickman. This actually reminds me of, of another game I wanted to play, where it's like, close your eyes, and I, I give you a character, and you tell me who you think of first in terms of creator. Because like when I close my eyes, I'm like, oh, I see new Avengers. If, I, if you, say, you say, think of the Avengers, mm. in my mind, it's new Avengers. That's good. Me too. Me too. But I think that has more to do with nostalgia than sure. anything, and yeah. I didn't want to answer that way. It's more of a Rorschach like, test, really. Yeah. Like where you start. Where Where is your beginning for the characters? Right. Yeah. Bendis will always have me for that reason. And the stories are phenomenal, but I just think Hickman took it to another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what the chat has to say. So Amin says House of M that has to be mentioned and included. Um, I guess I feel like to I I in my mind I was thinking from New Avengers forward, but I guess if you want to say from Disassembled forward, then that would be then that would certainly be included. But I would still give the answer Hickman. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I do agree every with issue Elliot, of Hickman. Sorry, go ahead. I do agree with Mike Elliott saying that every issue of Hickman's Avengers feels urgent. I mean, time runs out was a literal arc. <laughs> yeah, there were stakes that really, really mattered. Like I'll never forget those New Avengers issues where the Illuminati, and it's not a fight. It's just them talking about what to do about the incursions. And I had to say to myself, which is something that. Most comics haven't made me ask a real question about what I would do. Mm. Would you kill billions of people to save billions of people 
from your earth? Would you be a mass murderer, the biggest mass murderer of all time, dozens of times over, just for you and yours to not die? That is an enormous question. And he did it with people in, in, in capes and spandex. I still remember that conversation. And I, I still think, say yes. I think I think the the struggle here and where Bendis is is, you know, sort of handicapped in the um in the conversation is the Civil War part. Oh, you had that, you had that exact same conundrum with Civil War, but in this conversation, that's Mark Miller. If Civil War was included, I would choose Ben. If we're talking eras, I would definitely choose that era. But yeah. because he didn't write Civil War, I can't credit him with that. That was the first comic that made me think. Mm. I can't choose. What about the um, raft breakout, Sean? The raft breakout so good. Sick. I love that shit. I can't wait to read it again. Good I haven't read it in yeah. a decade. Uh, Dan Trudeau in the chat. Got to give it to Bendis. I think this run was the cornerstone of the best Marvel era. Which run do you think had a better artist? No company with them. Yeah, you had Finch. You had Eminem with Bendis. Oh, I might like Eminem more say, than Finch. I would. I, I would say Eminem. Bendis because I. I think uh, I didn't. Uh, Hickman did a lot with people I'm not crazy about. Sure. Dude, I I think I might even still go with uh, Hickman because Hickman worked with Epting and Diodato Jr., who are two of my all timers. Literally. Yeah, oh, Pena on the opening one is what jumps out to me when I think of Hickman, too. Yep. Oh, Pena? Yeah. Yeah. The, the first, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but like the first arc of his Avengers run when yeah, they no, go to like right. X and yeah. Hilo and stuff is oh. Pena. Yeah. That shit was sick. Oh, was my God. Looking, dude, that was some good looking books. And that was like, oh, Avengers is interesting. Well, it, it, it's a different flavor. It's high sci fi yeah. now. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. We can't if we're if this is what's happening right now, we cannot talk about the Hickman era of Avengers without talking about the fight between Black Bolt and Thanos from Infinity. Mm. My man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's top tier shit. Black Bolt is underrated. Yeah. And Hickman knows that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanos is the in, in the minds of the masses, Thanos is the biggest villain there is and black bolt put boots to ass for like 2.5 seconds mm-hmm. in that comic book and i loved it it's great um you want to do another one real quick yeah yeah I got, I got cool. one me. all right uh so another buy or sell or do you want to spin the wheel let's spin the wheel again fuck it i have the gra- I, have, I have graphics for each of these games now so let's spin the wheel nice. again Okay. <laughs> that's good. That thing one's a good, uh, a good graphic. Yeah, I kind of really use a little bit of stuff from Quistery there, but that's fine. All right, let's spin it again. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what it lands on. Is it buy or sell again? <laughs> Is it all right? It, well, yeah, yeah. all right. So we're, we'll do another. We'll do one more buy or sell. Um. Okay. <laughs> so look, there are a lot of bad comic book events and i look i'm a masochist so we're going to have to buy or sell on three events that are well less great 
than the events that came out during the Hickman and, and Bendis era of Avengers. So, Night Terrors, oh. Civil War Two, and Invasion. <gasps> Buy or sell? Oh, so Ella. the one we buy, the other two are sold. Yep, they don't exist. Buy Invasion. I'm with Kale. Sell oh. my terror. Sell Civil War Two. Honestly, yeah, I need him. Easy. I, Not easy? even a question for me. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a question for me. This is this is the easiest one so far. For I, for me, it's it's the skeleton of an invasion helps future uh, uh, crossovers and event comics. You uh, for me, forget the future. <laughs> for me, the skeleton of invasion is better than Civil War Two and Night Terrors put together. Uh, Night Terrors for sure. Night Terrors, I think, is definitely not a buy. So it's a it's between Invasion and Civil War. So and uh, remind me of the the concept of Civil War Two. Civil War Two is Captain or I'm sorry, Iron Man against Captain Marvel. Uh, there's a new character who debuts who can see the future and determine who's going to do crime, and they have to decide how to use that information. Oh, Invasion, dude. Yeah. Marco, by the way, has not read Civil War. Right, I have Civil not. I'm not. To be fair, to to be to be honest, I, I haven't. Civil War Two is a character assassination of Carol Danvers that took years for her to come back from. She's still trying, which is wild because it was Bendis. And I don't agree that it was a character assassination. I've never Dang. felt that way. She's where she belongs. No, no. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that. Uh, and and I'm buying on Civil War too. By the way, I, I I'm blown away that you guys chose Invasion. So first of all, Civil War two has David Marquez on art. That is insane. Yeah, and Todd McFarlane. That's early Todd. It's not it's not nearly as good as what Todd would go on to do later. And David Marquez definitely put his whole ass in Civil War two. But beyond that, Civil War two to me does what I like with Carol Danvers which is it puts her in an interesting position where she's not like every other hero. I always felt that it was compelling that Carol Danvers was more like a... People always said like a right-wing hero. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that she doesn't have lockstep thoughts just like every other hero does. The same way I felt Iron Man was compelling in Civil War One, I, I thought Civil War Two took her to a compelling place. Mm. I felt like it made her very much a Bush-era preemptive strike type. That felt weird for me. But what for was different Carol. between that and her in Mighty Avengers and Civil War era? The costume, he's, first of all. She's a, okay, but for real. <laughs> she's a, a military person. Like Yeah, it's not it's not out of the realm of I don't know why people changed who Carol is, but Civil War Two is not where the character assassination is. I, I say if you had gone from Miss Marvel into that version of Carol, that makes sense. But in between that we had Kelly Sue's run on Captain Marvel and that reinvention of the character, and it felt like a regression rather than a continuation. I mean, one person's regression is another person's return to form. I prefer the old Carol. Um, and I think I don't think I think Bendis did not do a good job with Civil War II overall, but the concept is way more interesting than Invasion or Night Terrors. Because it's asking a question that's compelling. Oh, wow, the heroes are asleep. Who cares? 
oh wow there's an invasion of aliens against superman wow civil war 2 is a problem you can't punch Mm, it's compelling yep okay okay the chat all buying on civil war 2 word easy had that as a poll option in one of the book clubs there seems to be some some discussion there to be had be interesting you done to read it follow up to civil war i'm excited don't be excited (laughs) it's not it's not good but it is interesting and it looks amazing do you feel Um, like the hawkeye stuff is, is bad in that so in that book hawkeye tries to kill the hulk and then what i forget he essentially gets him in the eye doesn't he He does yeah yeah, right yeah yeah that was par for the course (laughs) normal shit good ass shot like what do you want (laughs) yeah i hated the only thing i really didn't like was that captain marvel put iron man in a coma just because i thought that was like a it was just silly i thought i don't know um yeah shield but killed too yeah yeah i might have to read that again Maybe I missed something. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't, uh, I don't do you, think you did, bro. What do you say? You you missed something. You missed something in the positive or the negative. The positive. Okay. I really wanted to like it though, and I was reviewing those for a certain website at the time. No. Um, so I thought deeply about Civil War Two. Man, you got to review that, and I was reviewing movie tying comics. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you. Were, well, listen, I was the COO. Okay. Um, Aaron Wee says I buy Civil War Two. Sorry, Carol. Got to take the hit. Uh. Then he said, Sean, come on, I buy on it, but Carol was done so dirty. How? Like, is it what Tyler said? Because I just don't agree with that. I don't feel like that. But I understand why people would. And I get that this new version of Carol's more popular, but it's not who she always was. It is a change. But I, I also think that, you know, a lot of like what Ke- Kelly Sue did was make like a military person like go into their personal life and of course everybody's a nice guy in their personal life unless they're not when you're faced with a massive decision you know like the one presented in civil war ii military people are going to have different opinions that aren't going to gel with normal people hell this is making me feel like we need to do a fucking book club because what you just said is so true and it's so ignored. It is completely ignored. I'm pretty sure Bendis chose her in that position, A, to elevate her, but B, for that exact reason, that exact specific reason. Why would a military person, if the military had access to a precog, to someone who could see future crime, they would 150 million percent Use that. It's minority yeah. report. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't even be a question. And it's interesting to me that even though I don't agree with this, it's interesting to me that Iron Man's on the other end of that. That that's another issue I have with the book too. It, Iron Man doesn't feel like the proper foil for that uh conflict of worldview. You know? Right. Like if it was Cap, I, but I think Cap was off the board because of Secret Empire, I think, right? No, this is this, this is pre is, I always forget the, the yeah. order of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would argue Iron Man's seen Minority Report, so he already knows how it goes. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> you know? I, I'd be interested to see why I land on that, actually. Dan says, I think you guys are making assumptions about military people. We're, well, we're not. We're certainly not making any assumptions about the United States government. And Carol <laughs> is a stand-in for the United States government in the comics. 
She is a military person. She is a part of, and I, when I said government, I meant military. My my bad. She's a stand-in for the military. She represents them in that book. And I don't think that it's weird that she would take that position. Yes. Are there military people who wouldn't feel that way? Absolutely. But this is not the world. This is the world of Marvel Comics. And so someone has to represent that idea because it's a real idea that exists in the world. And I don't understand why Carol cannot be that. My favorite She's part not allowed whole, to be that. My favorite part of this whole discussion is that, like, this is technically during the in- Inhumans era of Marvel, too. So, like, the person that was a precog was, like, a new Inhuman. So we had to deal with that as well. But it was like they were on the wane a bit. Right, he was an Inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. That Inhumans run, that era of Inhumans is good. I'm sorry, that's good stuff. You don't have to apologize for that. That was good, that was good X-Men comics. That maybe you should apologize for. Maybe we'll get to Civil War 2 one day. Maybe Ooh. we will. I mean, in this new structure we're talking about, you know, that you fit it in there. You know what I mean? The listeners want it. If they demand it, it'll happen. It'll happen. Let it happen, baby. I want to see where I land on the military industrial complex. And United. I have a feeling we can already guess. <laughs> I, I was, oh, who was I? I was on, I think I was on Iron Man's side for Civil War. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's reasonable. That is absolutely reasonable. In the real world, Iron Man is 100% right. In comics, Cap's right. That's cool. Sure, whatever. But in real life, where people will die due to superheroics, these motherfuckers need to be trained. Absolutely. I do not want a new Warriors running around in the real world. Mm. That's awful. My Is kid he- dies at a school because these motherfuckers are having a, a, a brawl. Yeah, go to jail, please. Go to jail. I'm pretty sure this, I'm pretty sure the Stanford incident was a whole bunch of crisis actors. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Civil War truther <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Oof. I mean, and there's you know, not to get terribly political, but we do see some of that in you know, some of the police interaction, you know, covering up their badges, you know, and turning off the cameras or whatever. You know. Like that that it's all about like the uh, reform and commentary on reform and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you're. Did you guys ever do a Civil War book club? Yeah. 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 That was fun. That was really fun. Actually, the JMS stuff in particular, the the um, fuck the the Ben, uh, the Ben stuff. uh, Amazing. That wasn't JMS. You're thinking of. um... Damn, what was that called? Um, it wasn't JMS. JMS was on Spidey at the time. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of the reporter. The, yeah. The oh, Ben Urich. Ben Urich, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, Frontline. You're thinking of Frontline. Frontline. Yes, that yes. was an amazing one. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. That got my wheel spinning. Yeah, around. absolutely. There are people, I'm not among them, but there are people who say that Civil War Frontline is better than Civil War. I might be one of those. The event book itself? Yeah, I think I agree. Hmm. Wow, because it's it's all action, you know. Yeah, but front frontline presents the the actual meat of the conversation. Yeah, Dan says the issue is Miller took it to the extreme. He went to a full police state response where you force people to work for the government if you have powers. If you no, that's not true. That's not that's not true. 
If you have powers and you intend to use them, that's a different thing. If you intend to run around in the street with a gun and capture criminals, you should be a cop. And if you're not a cop, you should not be doing that. Why? Because it's dangerous and you don't know what you're doing. And if I die because of your shit, I want my family to have a place to sue. Yeah, yeah. You you buy a car, you buy insurance, you buy you register yeah. you register your car. And so far as it's common sense, uh, I can't get yeah. into it here. But man, I wish I was on the Civil War episode. Now. <laughs> we dude, might have to do another one. Yeah, dude, that was good. And maybe we should do a Civil should... War uh, rock block. No, you should. Ooh. We should have that in a poll with Identity Crisis. We and, then, uh, and then Tower of Babel, just all weird uh, 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 conflict discussion of, events. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amin says, if I got out after a 12-hour shift and my house got blown out by a new Avenger, that motherfucker got to go to jail. I'm sorry. (laughs) Without question. I feel like people a lot of times look at this as if it's, like, not happening because they're only reading a comic. You got to think about this shit. Like, what if you were a Civ in Marvel? What if you had kids at this school? Yeah, and that's, like, that's my massive problem with uh, Man of Steel. It's like they're so, like, the film... There's so much collateral damage that's directly caused by Superman and that, you know, that massive beam, you know, the the, the Superman I know would never be cool with that. He would have got them out of there first thing. And it's just nuts. And, and that is to say, like, you know, he couldn't do it with Doomsday, you know, but like Doomsday, like physically prevent, prevented it. Whereas Zod and and the other two uh, literally fought him and were movable, you know. I really don't want to get into a Man of Steel conversation, but I do <laughs> not agree. I love that's, that movie. That's that's my problem with that movie. Yeah. Besides the it's, you know the point. Your 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 choices in these like who do you side with are consistent. It seems. <laughs> In reference to me? Who? Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh. Well, 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 what is the consistent element? Um, I don't know how to how to verbalize that just now, but, but if, like, siding with Iron Man in Civil War and then siding with the decision of Superman doing what he had to do. It's practical. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. It's, it's, to, to me, it's objective in the sense that... Mm. Regardless of how you personally feel, people with power should not be running around doing people with power shit. Yeah. Like, it's it's cool, and I love superheroes and Cap and everybody like that, but, like, yo, no. If there was a character like Negasonic Teenage Warhead, I definitely would not want that person to be running around with no license, no training. Yeah. Iron Man better help her out. Absolutely. I want to know where uh, you are at all times. Yeah. I'm going to be Negasonic Teenage Warhead the hell out of here. Yeah. That's a bomb. That's a living bomb. Yeah. D- Dan says Sean sides with the man. That's what it is. <laughs> Dude, I side with, with human. I want us to be here. We will not be here if these heroes get to do what they want. Ooh, I don't fully agree on humanity approach, but. You don't agree with siding with humanity? What does that mean? No, of course he fucking doesn't. This is the dude that wants to be in a computer. (laughs) Let me live! This is the dude who eats soup for breakfast. (laughs) Big soup at that. (laughs) Full circle. End it.
Dan says, I agree with that, but it was full conscription or you go to a super prison. That's conscription. A registered police force would be necessary, but not at that level. Yes, it would. Our nuclear warheads are not accessible. They don't walk around. They don't travel. Uh, no, Not just anyone can use them. Iron Man is a nuclear weapon. Iron Man, one hero, one person who's a drunk, by the way, in many iterations, <laughs> could end the world. That has to be regulated heavily. Negasonic Teenage Warhead is a teenager. She shouldn't be able to run around and do super heroics with no heavy supervision. It's just not realistic to say otherwise. Cap is fine. He has a shield. What damage is he causing? Sean's going to be out here giving dampening collars to mutants now. <laughs> yeah, I'm here sounding like fucking... Um, Fucking, uh, what's this man's name, dude? The senator, the senator, what's his face? Uh, Trevor, Henry Gyrick. Uh, oh, yeah, Gyrick, yeah. Oh, Aaron Ruiz. If mutants were real, Sean would have a huge trouble siding with humanity if Jean Grey were real. Listen, dude, if Jean Grey's real, right, I want her to put me out, Careful. like mentally shut me down and let me live in a dream world where it's only her and I. For the rest of my life, I don't even care what happens in the yeah. real world. Sean, Sean wants the perpetual the goon sesh. Sean sides with the man, says Dan. Wow, that's nuts. I don't side with the man. I side with what's right. Dan said, how's that boot taste? <laughs> hey, you got to be yeah. alive to taste the boot, buddy. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, take me out. Vengeance <laughs> says, Sean is kind of right, because I can't even give you the number of times Marvel superhero human beings have a civil war between each other. Most of their events is just fighting each other. It's absolutely the case. If civil war really happened, New York would not be here. Hmm. You do not live hmm. in New York if you are a civ in the Marvel Universe. You move I mean, away. Apparently, you couldn't be in Connecticut. Yeah. If, if Couldn't could be in Oklahoma. <laughs> let's be really honest. Let's be really real. You would not be able to be on Earth. You wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't be here to have this conversation. Earth would have ended a long time ago. Well, I can't be on Mars either. The fucking mutants are up there. Yeah, you know, there'd be nothing left. A mutant would have been born. This is what would have happened. This is my projection of a real Marvel universe. A mutant is born, gets to around 13, 14 years old, is in high school. Uh, you know, gets rejected by a love, uh, you know, a flame, gets bullied, gets this, that, or the third. Blows up and the world is over. Yep. Sean, can I introduce you to our Lord and Savior Apocalypse? That it would be the apocalypse. What could stop that? Literally nothing. Apocalypse would be would be king. We'd be living under Apocalypse's rule. Uh and I for one welcome our leader. How do we get here after spinning a wheel of games? <laughs> it's fucking fun. Hopefully, you guys that are listening. Have enjoyed this little. I don't even know what this is. Chat. Um, American police sound so much worse when they got superpowers. Imagine standing your ground law being used by a guy who chucks grenades like explosive fireballs. That sounds scary as fuck. I completely agree. Yo, pyro that's Florida. Like, this is the problem with applying comic book realities to a real-world experience. Well, hey, I said, in comics, Cap is totally correct. But in real life, he's not. Just have to fix the brakes. 
All right, we got to get out of here. We got a lot of stuff we got to do. I hope you guys enjoy your Saturday. We're going to be why? Well, Tyler and I are going to be watching the Royal Rumble a little bit later. Um, I want to remind you. Go ahead, Tyler. Who you got, Sean? Just since you brought that up. CM Punk. I want Gunther. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want Gunther. Yeah, that's that's. You might as well choose Carlito at that point. Santos um, Escobar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash the comics pals. Vote for Civil War Two or you know, Civil War One for that matter, or any of these books. We'll we'll we've got some announcements coming about the, the nature of the book club and that stuff uh soon. So stay tuned for that. Patreon.com slash the comics pals. Uh channel members, thank you so much. You can join our channel membership at youtube.com slash the comics pals. We will be having a Named by a listener, the very first segment named by a listener, Pen Pals. That'll be going up on our channel membership uh, exclusively, not early access, totally exclusive. Um, once we get some some questions and comments our way from you all. Um, watch this show live every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. The next time we will be joining you live is Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. Don't miss what's up. No, the next the next oh live one is uh, the book club. Thank you. On You're Tuesday. absolutely right. The next time we'll be joining you live is on Tuesday at 6 p.m. with the Dark Knight Returns book club, of which we'll be giving away one copy of the Dark Knight Returns trade, the graphic novel, to a listener who shows up, asks a question, or leaves a comment, and has the ability to interact with me on Discord to receive their prize. Um. That's it. That's it. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you on Tuesday. Until then, we love you. We thank you. Take care, guys. See you next week.